Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 10th of September 2017. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. The weather report says it's raining. <laughs> it's not and hot, it's like. Robert Kemp. My beer report <laughs> says it's overflowing and I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> it's not really oh, no. overflowing that much. It's, I don't know, there's quite, quite a bit of a spillage. Like, it's still going, look at it. <laughs> I might need to get some tissues. Okay. Enjoy this podcast. <laughs> Did he pour it wrong, Zeg? He didn't pour it at all, really. That's the problem. <laughs> Coming out of the bottle. Oh, he, he's drinking from bottle and uh, too shaken. Is that the issue? Yeah. Deary me. Do you ever have these problems, Zeg? No. Nope. With your many beers that you open? I don't even have that problem with, like, Coke or anything, because I don't even really drink that any longer. <laughs> you don't drink Coke anymore? Can't Do you not drink, drink any that, any carbonated drink drinks? Much teeth. 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 Too much sugar. It's just all sugar. Is the uh, dentist telling you not to? Well, I'm choosing not to because my dentist tells me not to have as much sugar. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, I guess I don't really drink Coke that much anyway, so <laughs> I could refrain from drinking it that often. So it's an event drink. Yeah, exactly. You drink it when you're here. <laughs> you drink my Coke. That's how that works. Well, yeah. I mean, the Coke here is like Coke Zero anyway, so you know. Yeah, I guess. Depends if the sugar freeness is better than the what aspartame or whatever the hell it is that they make it taste not crappy. Oh, stop it, man. Look at you go. Just Look. fucking drink some of it. Yeah. <laughs> you should drink it. Mm. Oh, oh, no, it all came out of Rob's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Fail. Yep, Great got, success. That exploded a little more. Right, I might just have to keep tabs on this. Just oh pour gosh. it in a glass or something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of beer it? is it? <laughs> <laughs> Can you read the labels out? As well. not... I, I am drinking a very volatile Hairs Hopping from the <laughs> Two Rivers Brewery. Okay, where's that? Let's find out. Here comes our beer review. Next to two rivers, presumably. Uh, <laughs> Very specific. In Denver, Norfolk. Okay. Denver? Never heard of Denver. There's a Denver in Norfolk. There's a Denver yeah. in Norfolk. <laughs> okay. Not that Denver. Not the one in Colorado. The one no. in Norfolk. <laughs> Probably the one in Colorado is named after the one in Norfolk. Hmm. Perhaps I should have... Um... Read the warning on the side here that said allow to settle before opening. Although I had just like just got it out of the cupboard, I'd assume it's been it's been there for months, so I assumed it settled then. What does that mean? Allow to settle before allow to settle, but before pouring or before opening? Before opening, right? So you have to. Do they mean like after you've moved it? Wait, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you can't just yeah, take it out of the cupboard and open it. You have to take it out of the cupboard, put it where you intend to open it, leave it, then mm. come back and open it. <laughs> oh, I can only assume. Oh, that's gone <laughs> <up> my nose. <laughs> no, I was laughing. Oh I've, I've now got fizzy beer bubbles in my nose. Oh. Maybe next time you could just open it while it's in the cupboard before you move yeah. it. <laughs> well, then, and if it goes everywhere, you're going to be in trouble. Is it true? Ah, oh, shit. I should have read its bottle conditioned. I, I was supposed to have poured this anyway. <laughs> I think that's fairly evident. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't drink that kind of beer out of a bottle. Yeah. 
They're definitely for pouring. You get a proper head on that. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, glass. <laughs> this isn't going to stop. Good it's still going. <laughs> it's still going. How is it? I think it? I only drink lager out of bottles. In fact, I don't really like drinking pints of lager. I prefer it out of bottles. Just because of reduced quantity? Yeah, yeah. But well, you partially. don't want the whole pint. No, because it's too gassy and stuff. Like... Whereas like normal beer, like ale or whatever, or pale ale or whatever, it's better in a glass. <laughs> Top tip. <laughs> Moving on from Rob's beer situation, now that he's gone into his kitchen, let's talk about my kitchen. Because we Get got a new toaster. Oh, yeah. Our, our old toaster was completely fucked, as I mentioned last time, and it continued to get worse. There was the one day in particular where it randomly, because it got to the point where it basically one half of it didn't work. Well, not even one half. It's like one side of both slices, I guess. Okay. Like the the outer edge of the toast, toaster wasn't working, so only one side of both slices would get toasted. But toasted, okay. And then it also had one day where that got even worse than that, where basically it, I'd set it down to my normal setting of like real low, where I always have it, and it toasted only one side of the bread, but it like literally burnt to the side that it was toasting, and the other side was virtually untouched on my normal setting. And I was like, well, that's gone horribly wrong. Wait, is this on your new toaster? No, it's the old one. Oh, the old toaster, okay. You've got the new one now. I haven't actually had toasted that toaster yet. <laughs> it's new like today. I was about to say that would be a pretty damning toaster review if you immediately got your new one and it's like, all right, let's give this a go. Oh, one side has burnt. The new new one looks like it has quite thin slots, and I don't know if it's going. It looks like you maybe like you can push the metal bits apart when you insert the toast, maybe. Like it has the metal holder bit that encloses the bread to hold it in place or whatever. Oh, right, but they, yeah. those, but if you, like, put... you can push them apart slightly, but it, they by default they look quite thin. Oh right, so they don't they don't clamp when no, you put the toast in. Doesn't look like it. Right, they just they might just be spring loaded. Really weird, maybe I don't know. I haven't tested it yet, and I also have strange. to find out how low do I have to turn this one with this fresh, <laughs> fresh, fully powered toaster, <laughs> full power toaster. And I was like, why didn't we get a new kettle? Because our kettle is old and sucks. Yeah, they, they sort it of takes come like in. five minutes to actually boil. You can get Not those in one. like pairs, can't you? Like, well, yeah, same. sometimes you get like a deal, don't you, by getting yeah. both the... Get, get both Morphe Richards toaster and kettle check for major discounts. <laughs> is, that the, is that the Morphe Richards guy? <laughs> for major, major discounts. My name's Morphe Richards. But instead we we just got a... We did just got a round of descaling for the for the kettle, which makes it boil slightly quicker. But <laughs> <laughs> a random descaling, so it only descales random parts of it. <laughs> Be nice if it boiled faster. Like I, I when I was talking about it, like I don't need a fast boil kettle or anything. Like one of those just push button instant hot water or anything. You have patience. It's just like a kettle that doesn't take like fucking forever. <laughs> So, so how do you rate my kettle in the terms of like length to boil? What do I, I mean, I'm your, trying to your kettle seems like an average kettle. An normal. average kettle. That's yeah. fine. I'll, t- I'll, I'll take average. It is a Morphe Richard. <laughs> well, naturally. <laughs> Always. It matches the toaster. Except not really. Yeah, they're from the same range, but they weren't bought at the same no. time. I didn't get the massive deal! They're, they're like... <laughs> Several years of design of heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
bought by vouchers from somewhere. Naturally. I think so. One of, even over, I got like I got like vouchers from work or something one year, and it was like, oh, we'll buy a toaster with that. Thanks, work. And all the uh, other house-related news, I guess, on all of the outside of our windows got painted. Great. Yep. How does the light get light in blue. now? After light that, blue. yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, "What? <laughs> light blue?" But apparently, it, it looks quite good with the brickwork. And I'm like, "I don't know about that, really." But whatever. <laughs> if you're going for that brick beach hut vibe, <laughs> so have you got your window back in your room then? Yes. Hooray! They were in fact installed by the time I got home after the last one. Good stuff. <laughs> so it's okay. Now I just need to paint the inside of the windows. Because <laughs> the inside of my windows is kind of... It's because of the... Uh, I Like, in my the wall of my room, there's just, like, a major crack running down it, I guess. Not that major. Fairly major. What, in the brickwork outside? Or, like, just in the... I think your, it's just the whole house. It's just, like, one, <laughs> one bit of it that is, like... Because, obviously, our house is made of two halves anyway. Mm. So, for a start, it's completely different construction-wise, in one half to the other. And then if you isn't think it, about... Isn't it three with the extension? Well, yeah. Of, and then yeah. It's like, if you think about where my room is, the newest part, that's like basically crossing over between... Well, no, I guess that's not crossing over between the two halves. I guess that's all on one half. What? Like the only, the <laughs> I only, don't understand. The only part of the... The separation between the original two halves that our house is made of would have been at the left-hand side of the staircase. So it's only, like, the front room and the upstairs bedroom. So then the room that I'm in only is attached to the other half, I guess, because it's, like, an L shape. Fascinating. Yes. But, yeah, it still <laughs> has a giant crack in it. Okay. Although a lot of there's a lot of weird structural weirdness about that house. Structural weirdness. Like, my old bedroom had, had like, the floor sagged in at one end. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And that had to get yeah, fixed did, at some yeah. point. Has that been fixed, then? Yeah, for quite a while. And also, just like, you know, we're right next to a railway, so everything just gradually shakes apart over time. Mm. <laughs> Vibrations. Especially from the big freight train at, like, two in the morning or whatever it is. Or, you know, the occasional earthquake. <laughs> Not Very really occasional. for a train. You have your own regular earthquakes. Yeah. They're probably about the same power <laughs> as yeah, the actual much. earthquake. That's why I, that's why I might take a long time to realise that it's an earthquake, but like, Sounds like a trade. Oh, wait, it's not. <laughs> I suppose neither of you have had to replace broken bathroom extractor fans. We very nearly did. There's one of them keeps like very nearly jabbing up. No, we've got two that don't work. In your shitty new house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my terribly built new house. I don't know. It's still standing. It's seven or eight years old now. It's still alive. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I'll move out all the stuff inside. inside. (laughs) Just imagine how old my my house is, or maybe half of it. It's kind of hard to tell. (laughs) Some percentage of it. It's probably from at least the 30s, maybe. Yeah, sounds about right. Is it a 30s? Yeah, I reckon it might be. Maybe. Yeah. Old. Well, rejigged. yeah, yeah, rejigged, severely Most rejigged. Of, quite a lot of British houses are from that time. I don't know why they built them all in the thirties. Yeah, 
because they needed somewhere to put all the people. The people. <laughs> who weren't in London. Well, yeah, everyone, I guess, like... Everyone moved out. Or was it, like, the end of the war happened and everyone was like, we've got to repopulate? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. yeah, could be. And so they all got they all got a bit frisky and then got went a bit too far, so we had to build new houses? That definitely, happened that at the end of, <laughs> definitely happened at the end of World War Two. I don't know about World War One, probably the same. Yeah. Baby Maybe. baby boomers mark one. The, the original Originals. boomers. Original boomers. One's from Left 4 Dead 1. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. So yeah, so yeah, I've got to fix those extractors, which means you probably can't take a dump in the downstairs bathroom. Because that smells not good. It's going to smell everywhere. Not like the toilet's fucked up. No, like I mean, I mean, which it has <laughs> been. <laughs> which it has been. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's technically, it's technically. Yeah, I mean, you could. Yeah, it's just perfectly fine. It just might be slightly uh, unpleasant for a bit longer than you intend. <laughs> it's a, it's like a room with no windows, isn't it? That downstairs. It's like a, like one of those crappy like. It's a crap room. Yeah, it's a crappy room. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's, yeah. it's a room for crapping. <laughs> but yeah, so that just seems to be quite a modern house thing, isn't it? We have that have the pointless little downstairs bathroom, mostly pointless it's little downstairs pointless. bathroom. Um, it's but, convenient well, for when you're watching. It would be more convenient as a cloak room for us, like if we didn't have the bog in there. Um, it would be more convenient if, in the majority of these houses in this new area, the downstairs bathroom actually worked fully. <laughs> Because it does seem like a lot of the time that was the problem. Like even that one's not the best in terms of flushing successfully. Uh, that one's all right. <laughs> it was more that the 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 whole plumbing underneath the house was oh, yeah, problematic. That's, that's what causes yeah. that problem. Though, yeah. yeah, when we got that, and we did get that sorted a few years back. Um, still makes funny noises sometimes when the um, dishwasher decides to empty. <laughs> For some reason, that seems to be the thing that causes. Extremely loud, blah 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 blah. Gurgling. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not nearly as bad as it used to be, where bits of poo would return. That happened. Definitely don't want that. Yeah. All these houses around here seem to have terrible plumbing. Oh, yeah, the pl- modern plumbing sucks. Yep. Like, I think the actual internal plumbing is fine. It's just the stuff they put in the foundations. <laughs> seems to be like the cheapest, least thought through thing. Like they barely put a slope in ours. Yeah. Like you know, the slope is kind of the critical part of it. Well, so the work they did to ours was to actually just make the slope deeper. That's the thing about plumbing is where you don't really f- consider it normally. Where it's just like, how the fuck do you even plan for that? Like, because you can't. Everything can't go downhill at a certain point. <laughs> like every house in the vicinity goes down what like 20 centimeters or something and then the actual main pipe has to go down further it's like you just keep going down the further away you get from every house and it's like that's that can't actually be how that works at some point that has to be like pumps or something yeah yeah i have no idea <laughs> don't know how sewers work maybe they all do just go down because if you think about like my, where i live we're right in the bottom of the valley so it's, yeah i mean there's the sewage plant on the river so presumably it just goes down to there and yeah. that's quite local but like where? How do you deal with a valley that doesn't just have a sewage plant in it? Yeah, where does most <laughs> of a busy town go? Straight in the lake, I suppose. <laughs> I got no idea. How do you pump sewage before it's processed? Well, <laughs> carefully. <laughs> I think it'd be like if you imagine. Have fun imagining this. If you imagine 
It's probably not like a pump pump. It's probably more like a series of scoops. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> just, just, just shovels. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's oh. still technically quite a lot like a pump. It's probably just like real slow. Like the blades aren't moving very quickly. It's like wedging it. <laughs> Ew. This is delightful. Yep. <laughs> that's probably accurate. <laughs> or do they just rely on there being enough of it? Coming through the pipe that it pushes. Yeah, but that didn't it work through. for your house, did it? <laughs> no, it's because. It, well, the, bike, the the bulk of the problem, and pun intended slightly, was <laughs> was that it, it, like the slope wasn't enough for paper to slide through the junction. <laughs> well, yes, but that's like you're not going to avoid that problem, are you? No, no, no. But it like caught because of the way that like we've got like a a, 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 a I guess a combiner bit in one, down one of those manholes in my garden where like three pipes come into one and it's like, because of the way something to do with the way that thing is ridged or the way that that thing holds together, that, that like, yeah, paper just got stuck in the ridges yeah, and then, and then there was never enough water pressure to push it along. Like so it was built up and built like up. More structurally sound than poop. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But you put a lot of things down the toilet, <laughs> poo, paper, goldfish. It's like, it's got well, a that'd be the thing that you'd expect to jam it out. <laughs> just bones just... stuck in stuff. Yeah. The uh, horrendous goldfish massacre of 1963. <laughs> the whole plumbing network stopped. Get rid of your goldfish. Humanely. <laughs> Except not. Man, you would need to flush quite a lot of goldfish to actually block up the sewer, <laughs> yeah. I reckon. Even your sewer. <laughs> that really would be a, a massacre. <laughs> I reckon I reckon paper probably stuck gets more st- stuck more easily than goldfish. Goldfish has got to be slippery. I guess. Unless they've started decaying over. They do say you shouldn't use quilted toilet paper. Apparently that's real bad. What, say a lot of sewage? About toilet paper? Yeah, because it doesn't doesn't because they make it out of thicker stuff and something to do with how that paper is sort of weaved together that it doesn't fall apart very easily. Mm, interesting. And, and so cheap toilet paper may be better for your sewers. But bad for your ass. <laughs> <laughs> what a dilemma. The modern dilemma. Yeah. Arse or plumbing? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, this is a podcast Definitely. about video games. <laughs> So, so there could be a sewage management video game. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. I'm sure there probably is. I mean, I've put down plenty of water pipes in SimCity. Yeah, but they're just water pipes. There's no sewage network in Yeah, Sim that's City. true. There is in some of them, sort of. I mean, the most recent, SimCity 5, has sewage as a... Does not it? technically separate, but it's shown as separate. Right, it's the one that you could have a no sewage overlay is, rather, yeah. than, rather than a pipe. You lay down the same pipe, but the sewage also travels as a separate overlay, so you can see if it's blocked up at the outlets. Hmm. All right, And the same place with city skylines as well. But in SimCity, I thought everything travelled on the roads in the modern one, doesn't it? You don't need to well, lay yeah, any that, sewage. That's counted as the pipes. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're in the underground view, it's just like, yeah, there's pipes under there as well. <laughs> and electrical cables, apparently. Yeah. Or unless I suppose graphically they're represented as like being on poles and telephone strung along the road. I don't know if they are. Is your poop powering the city? 
Is that how this works? Is this only in the skylines? <laughs> okay. You can exploit the water system because because of the way because of the way the intakes the intakes suck up water and the outflow pipes actually produce water. So you can actually move water around. So if you just like build an artificial dammed area and then you just pump sewage into the top, you can just use the sewage for hydro power. Hmm. <laughs> you can actually use it to power your city. I guess it'd be too much of a risk to put like a um, a little home turbine somewhere in like so say you've got your your bathroom and stuff upstairs. <laughs> well, if you want to flush the toilet and then have that produce a tiny amount of power. <laughs> yeah. Every little help. That probably is too tiny. Yeah, maybe. Just build it into every sink. So every sink, yeah, every, but if you, bar, if every you, shower has like a little mini... If you get the flow to run a turbine, surely it's going to slow down the flow of water to some extent. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I mean. Work. That's what I assume would be the risk. Like the risk of actually causing like worse blockages because they get stuck in whatever You're taking the, the power out of your flush. <laughs> yeah, but it wouldn't... It wouldn't assuming... The, the, you account for that flow rate it doesn't matter once it's gone past the turbine it wouldn't actually affect the sewage system it would affect within your house yeah. like the drains would be slower which essentially is, which is probably worse well yeah but you could account for it I mean I'm more worried about stuff getting stuck in whatever blades well sure might have the turbine you'd like, have to be, you'd have to have like a garbage disposal system or whatever to make sure it yeah. grinds up anything that goes <laughs> down but, but in which case that probably uses way more power yeah, than probably. it would take to actually power the turbine you should be putting anything that big down your sink anyway. All right, okay. How <laughs> shave talk, man talk. Yeah, I think hairs. Yeah, <laughs> the the sink upstairs in our house, I think, is currently filled with beard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nasty. How do you? Oh, I don't have a beard. How do you? Because I shave with a shaver. Yeah, yeah, but where does your beard go? <laughs> well, with the shaver that I have, that because I. It then it actually goes inside, and you have to yeah, open it. You have it a little vacuum type thing. thing almost. Oh. Yeah. But with a beard trimmer, obviously it doesn't. It just goes everywhere, right? No, yeah, yeah, and that's I spread my carpet sink wide. Yeah, but trimmed beard hair is like short enough that that shouldn't really cause a problem most of the time. You know, it's not like actual hair hair when no, it's long. No, that's true. But but, tangle up. but I do think that's what's in there. Because when when it when it does block up and and stuff comes back, it it, it sort of a, cat's having some fun. Yeah, it sort of becomes a, climb the shelf. Comes with like a sort of black mush. So I'm assuming that's just a a mass of tiny tiny little hairs. Well, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's the hair makes it look like that. But I'm sure not the base component probably isn't hair. Yeah, maybe not. But then I can't think what else <laughs> it's it would be. Probably just soap gunk. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> This has been a delightful opening. <laughs> you want to carry on with outside or something, Kat? Horrible just... stuff. Seems like it. I'm having ear problems like you had, Rob. But oh, brilliant! Yeah, I know, annoying. But I think did, so did, did I... you cause it by being an idiot in the shower? <laughs> Probably. Is that what you did? Well, yeah. I tilted my head to one side, and water yeah. went in, and then stuff didn't sound right. I do that all yeah. the time. It's totally fine. Yeah, but it didn't I, clear. <laughs> Not because of the water. I think I did no, it myself. No, no. Anyway, I had like earwaxy no. stuff. I think probably, and then I tried the whole the whole olive oil thiggy. In fact, I managed to find a thing that 
um, had like sprays the olive oil in so you don't have to like drip uh-huh. it in, which was kind of an innovation. Anyway, yeah. so I tried that for like a week, but then I tried to clean it out and now I think I've managed to infect it probably. So <laughs> I'm going to go to the doctors tomorrow. And the worst yeah, thing is I've got like, it got, I've got really bad tinnitus in that ear now. So I was oh, like, crap. Yeah, no, definitely. Constantly. Definitely check that out because, because I, I had that with mine as well. But it so wasn't annoying. It wasn't. It wasn't super terrible. It wasn't very loud, but it was noticeable enough when the rest of the world is quiet. Yeah, like going to sleep is it's really annoying, and it's just yeah. in that one ear as well. I can tell that. So hopefully it will go away once it gets sorted out. Yeah, mine did. Mine, 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 mine went. Mine went away when it got sorted. So good. So yeah. I'm going to go to the doctor tomorrow and say, well, I didn't want to have to go to the bloody doctor about this, but unfortunately no, but for, it's got for, fucking for, affected. For ear stuff, you generally yeah. should go so within like, a few days. So Sod it. So I'm I'm going. Um, yeah. So annoying. Uh, yep. I just hope good, it gets good. sorted out soon, soonish. Yeah, uh, it's, right, it's right playing on the jacksy. Really annoying. How have you two had this problem and I haven't? Because my dad had this problem. You probably like, will eventually. Surely I should be like getting that by genetics, but apparently not. I'm totally fine. <laughs> it doesn't well, seem so to... was I until it yeah. happened recently. I've never had it before. No. And, like, and just this once. Bloody annoying. The, I don't think I've had it infected before. I think last time it was just earwax. But this time I think I fucked it up by trying to clean it out myself. It's like, no, that didn't work. Yeah, I don't know. It depends what it is. If it is just blocked wax, then I don't know. Maybe the spray action of the olive oil was enough to keep pushing it in. I don't know. That yeah, exactly. Well, I tried to get a thing that would like spray it in a sensible way, like by like that it doesn't spray directly in. It sprays like at an angle from three in three ways. So it's supposed to go along the edge of the tube, right? Oh, okay, right. Yeah, which yeah. is clever, but evidently it didn't work. <laughs> I think that's how the ones that the nurses or whatever use work or whatever. But anyway, sure. uh, I think I got moisture in there and then I probably wasn't sterile or whatever. I probably should have got some like sachets of like um, saline or something to, to make sure it was a sterile and stuff. Um, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Saline doesn't really make things sterile though, does it? Or whatever just... it is that you're supposed to do. I oh, I suppose know. it might. Salt water might help a little bit. but well, Yeah, or something. If it's made sterile, then it'll be sterile. <laughs> you don't make it yourself and yeah. it becomes sterile. No. Yeah, you're right. Point, well, you I can boil that's it. Technically... Yeah, I should, maybe <laughs> we should have boiled the water and then, and then, and then let it cool because you want it to be not Hot or cold, basically. Yeah, like but you want it body, to be temperature body temperature. Water. Yeah. Anyway, I fucked it up, so I hope they better fix it. God damn it! <laughs> I found anyway. the solution in my case was to not do anything. Well, that's what I'm doing end. now. I'm doing nothing yeah. now. But but uh, but yeah, if, it, if you're needs definitely get it checked out to make sure that's 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 the right course of well, action. I'm hoping but if it, it's it, it wasn't it wasn't the out. advised course of action for me, but because they said it was just wax and I'd been on the olive oil. Oh, I'd been on what is it called? Optex or something. Yeah, that first. that's what I haven't got. I think that's supposed to be better. Well, mm, it's not recommended by my doctor. Uh okay. Because it was because it's like brutal and yeah, it can okay. cause other problems. But um but it's very effective against certain types of wax and stuff like that. Mm. So I tried that for a bit. That didn't work. And then I would put on the on the olive oil, which didn't work. And then no. I had sodium bicarbonate water solution or something for a while, uh, which also didn't work. So then I stopped doing anything and thought, oh, this is me for a while. And then it sorted itself out. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. 
I, I'm just wondering, yeah. I hope I can sort this out before I start my new job. I've got five weeks. <laughs> Let's see. Well, if it, if it is a, if it's if it is bad, like, and you are properly infected, they'll give you stronger stuff than they would to me. Just because they like, just because mine was just wax. Yeah, if it's infected, then hopefully it. they'll give me antibiotics. But I, yeah, yeah, although they don't like to do that anymore, do they? Anyway, we'll see what they say. Ah, annoying. So if I don't hear what you're talking about, <laughs> that'll be why. Yeah. I think they kind of have to have a new infection to antibiotics, and I think there's oh, right, a okay. much of a course of action. Well, I haven't had anti- antibiotics for years and years and years, I don't think, so. Hmm. Although, not that it matters. No, because it's, the, the, it's, it's not about your personal use. No. Yeah. <laughs> Blah, uh, right. Blah, is. Yeah, annoying. Let's so, so. talk about annoying. I spent... A, a good portion of yesterday, uh, being fed, fed, being handed boxes by my mum, with which to sort out and either throw stuff out or recover. The good news is there was some fun stuff to recover. Stuff from your old room. Yeah, basically the entire house. Right. So there, you know, there's some old school stuff to to basically throw away. That is like, why have you got this? Let's get rid of it. Cool. Um, an old Java textbook of, of all things that can go from um, your university. Yeah, it's like this isn't going to be relevant. Like, that can go. Um, but the good stuff is a whole load of PlayStation One games and a whole load of N sixty four cartridges that I Sweet. had had misplaced for a while. <laughs> what did you find? Uh, Hydro Thunder, which is not mine. That's Zach's. That's <laughs> it. Kind of important. Kind of important. Find Zach's cartridge of Hydro Thunder. And it's all the bad games, basically. Well, yeah, <laughs> like it, ones that you didn't care about when you first took them out. Yeah, with the with the exception of Mario Kart sixty four. Weirdly, I didn't take that with me, so it's good that that's like been Mario found because you probably played that <laughs> way too much at the time. What's, what, 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 why don't you like sixty four? What's, what's I never liked about Mario Kart sixty four. I don't know. I much preferred like Double Dash and the more modern versions. I don't know what it was oh, about sixty four. Double Dash is definitely a better game. For sure, Double Dash. But is one a lot of, the of people best, didn't think so. A lot of people seemed to think that Double Dash wasn't as good as sixty four. But I was like, no way, dude. Double Dash was quite ambitious because of the way the, mm. the the two characters actually affected the handling of the of the carts you were putting them in. You know, if you combined a heavy with a light character, for instance, you're going to get a weird handling cart. Well, and, was... and you also had to use a heavy cart to start with, which is also yeah. But you know, you know, it was interesting in that respect. Those it felt like the, there was more depth than most Mario Karts, and all the way up until eight, I suppose, where yeah. you've got the ability to modify your cart. But still, that's doesn't really change how they handle put that much. I don't think sort of mucking around with the pieces. Well, sometimes it does. You can definitely make things that, like completely undrivable. Actually, sure you can. I'm yeah, really... pretty sure you can. Never really had too much of a problem with it, any of it. Um, but anyway, yeah. So it was, and you know, the two item system made for some fun multiplayer stuff. Totally unfair if you wanted to play to win, but you know, maybe some fun, fun battles. Just go, you know, what was it? The seven laps of Baby Park or whatever it was. Four player, everyone with with big ass items, and the specials per character were cool as well. That's a thing they dropped. Well, that didn't really make sense. Because then you're putting even more like specific weight on the character selection than past the actual weight of the characters. Yeah, but it made it. I guess it made it important. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I like. I liked it, and not not 
every special was unique. There were quite a lot of shared ones. So it's yeah, double dash is a good one. But yeah, I don't know. Mario Kart sixty four is kind of is pretty legendary, I guess, in terms of pushing the series forward. Because mm, although yeah. I'm I'm struggling and thinking what way other than it being I don't know 3D, 3D There's a lot yeah. of the tropes I suppose came from that version well, yeah the power sliding, basically yeah the power sliding thing the V's so, yeah. and the <laughs> coming out of the V <laughs> yeah for some reason um yeah a lot of the the, the sort of design I suppose of, Mar- of Mario Kart still harks back to it, the visual style, I mean, the, yeah, the visual style yeah. and the visual designs all hark back to that version, um, uh, mostly. Even though the N sixty four really couldn't handle a lot of it, you know. <laughs> now, I, I was thinking of the uh, when you mentioned Hydro Thunder, I sort of immediately thought of like the frame rate <laughs> mm. and, and like the resolution. Oh, it wasn't good. Game, no, you're basically no, the, playing the fr- at like twenty frames a second or something. If that, yeah, the, the yeah. frame rate on Hydro Thunder was awful, but it was. Uh, it was quite. I don't know, Hydro Thunder felt inventive at the time because it had weird mechanics, like the way you had to. Because you didn't. Really, yeah, they sort of had to bounce, sort of on the waves. I seem to remember always certain shortcuts you wouldn't be able to do on a, on a certain run, hmm. and uh, you got more of a bounce if you managed to time time your bounce at the end of a big jump or something like that. And so some shortcuts were only possible on first hit. You know, all the, all that <laughs> stuff they got they got rid of in. Um, Hydro Thunder Hurricane on the 360. They got rid of some of the nuance. Um, it's a much easier game. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was fun. The N64 version of Revolt I uncovered. Yeah. A bad well, version of Revolt. The bad one, yeah. <laughs> you, wanted to play, you needed the PC version of that. Bad version of everything. Bad version of Wipeout. Bad version yep, of Yeah, I found Racer. that. <laughs> Uh, I don't have a copy of Episode no. One Racer, so I haven't. haven't There's got an N64 that, but... version of Command and Conquer. <laughs> there is, and it's polygonal. <laughs> what the hell is that shit? <laughs> uh, apparently, it was all right. It was kind of different. Really. You know, they didn't. They didn't really um, pull much from the PC version. Hmm. Like it's the same units and the same designs and stuff like that, but they had to redo most of it. Hmm. And so some of the missions are different as well. Yeah, that's a weird one. Uh, what else did I find? Extreme G. The original- oh man, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. What about um, Rush? Oh, do you already have that? Uh, I already had my copy of Rush twenty right. whatever it was. Twenty forty nine. Yeah, I already had my copy of that. Uh, what else would we find? Ridge Racer sixty four. Oh yeah. I'm not too terrible version of Ridge Racer. What was the phrase in that one? Oh, because if you were playing multiplayer, yeah, it would it would give you the odd um, uh, position check on where yeah. all the players were, and if you were you were last, last, it would go player three is bringing up, up the, the rear. rear. Yeah, but it would say it really slowly and really. Yeah, I remember that. Really nasty is bringing up the rear, and and it had the classic. Um, power slide round the corner backwards kind of on rails power oh, slide yeah absolutely if there's a chicane coming up you've got a 360 round it <laughs> yeah. <way. Whee. laughs> and the car will just jiggle around it <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I don't know why I played quite a lot of Ridge Racer on PSP 
which was kind of basically the basis for similar to how wipeout pure was the basis for um you know future wipeouts on the, yeah. on the main console ridge racer psp was like the basis for ridge racer 6 and it's ridge and racers else. wasn't it the psp version uh probably it didn't have yeah. a I think it was like the Ridge Racer or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, <but laughs> the Ridge Racer. <laughs> it, but it had, it had it, like it had boost mechanics and stuff in a way. But it had that whole rails thing, and and it was so weird. I don't know why yeah. it works, but it does. Or oh, it did. And they, they I mean, yeah, they kept it in Ridge Racer Six. Yeah. Um, I I believe that. I don't know how many Ridge, what Ridge did they make any any more Ridge Racers? A seven came out on the PS4, which I think was just a repackaged six. Oh, well, that's um, it then. That's the end of Ridge Racer. Uh, sorry, PS3. Sorry, PS3. Um, I don't know what if anything's come after that in Ridge Racer. Uh, they did that Unbounded experiment, which I never played. Um, I didn't play it. Well, just copy, wait for the announcement of the uh, the PlayStation 5 at E3. They'll be like, it's Ridge Racer! Ridge Racer! Ridge Racer. <laughs> but they didn't do that for PS4. I don't think there's been no. a PS4 Ridge Racer. No. Uh, yeah, and uh, oh. and um, the PSP version probably and and six and everything made use of that Nam that stupid Namco patent, so you could play like Space Invaders while it was loaded. Yes, or yes, it did. So stupid, which is now expired, I believe. Uh, yes, yeah, and no one's really done anything with it. <laughs> no, annoying. I think no one cared. I learned the other day that there might have been an old Microsoft mandate about what you could and couldn't put on loading screens oh yeah like so if you wanted a game to pass cert on well, I'm sure. on the xbox it's like the loading screen had to have a moving element okay that's that's totally makes sense that i, I can get behind that but there's something about like loading screens had to have like a text part to them like a tip or something to read to all oh, right because you got that a lot yeah yeah. Well, every game, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it sounds like it was a a a Microsoft mandated thing. Um, I mean, you get that so every, at the moment. You get that. Yeah. It's not a terrible idea, but to force it no. seems yeah. a bit bizarre. A bit weird. Because I'm just trying to think to even bad 360 games, right? Like even Sonic 06 had well, it's many, many loading screens. Yeah, but I they think had tips and stuff. It was like, yeah. you read that one sentence and then you're still sitting there for another three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, or you'll see that one sentence five times in quick succession. Well, I'm not... Didn't, didn't some of the Psycho 6 ones not technically have text? They only had iconography. Like, it showed you the homing attack where it's like, press X, and then this happens. And it was like, yeah, what I does mean, that even mean? <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, they had some, like, like, press X, and then press X again to homing attack, sort of vaguely described things. It didn't really look like anything. Yeah, it was like, yeah. you couldn't even tell what the hell it was meant to represent. I think I think that sort of counted, <laughs> I guess, by these rules. Um, but then I'm trying to think to, like, modern games as well, and I'm trying to think, I'm sure there are some that just don't do it in that way or just say am load or something like, but uh, like rather Halo loading didn't. well halo 5 oh yeah i don't know about halo. i think halo 5 just had the wibble in the corner i don't think it ever had a full-on loading screen hmm. um halo master chief collection definitely had loading screens of this description um unless you were doing a start to finish run because that was halo's trick right once you loaded in yeah you didn't really get a you proper loading it. screen yeah. um um, although I think they do do that in um, some of Master Chief. I think they do break the rules and go, oh, we can't stream load that. We're going to have to have a 
hard loading pause. Um, Guys, I think I um, I miscalculated on the drinks and I need a <laughs> I need a loo break. <laughs> oh, already? Um, yeah, wow. I know. I miscalculated earlier. Well, well, I didn't go beforehand. Right, back and start. <laughs> Well, let's talk about crappy PS1 games that I found then. Do we have to? <laughs> well, we're panning until Danny turns. Oh. Croc, the legend of the Gobos. You don't want to play that on PS2. You want to play that on PC. I never owned the PC version, though, I don't think. I'm, I don't know. Well, I think I saw it running on a PC at some point. So one of us must have, some for some reason, done that. I'm I not pr- sure why. I think we may have had a demo. Right. I guess that makes sense. I assume it was on PC then, judging by... Yeah. Oh, it might have been in the early days of 3DFX or something like that. Mm. Maybe we had a 3DFX demo or something. Uh, yeah, I keep joking that we should return to that for video purposes. Yeah. <laughs> that or maybe Spyro, something like that. Like an old 3D platformer to see like kind of how bad they were, <laughs> to some degree. I quite liked Croc. It was okay. Uh, what else? What else? I find Tony Hawk's two, PlayStation version of Tony Hawk's two, also bad. That's a good version. What are you talking about? PC's better. I'm sure. It, it, I mean, it ran at proper frame rates and stuff, and didn't have the weird polygon wibbling. And I don't think the PlayStation version had downhill jam from the first Tony Hawk's shoved into it. Or you know, you could fucking play it on GBA, motherfuckers. Oh yeah, that version. <laughs> that was a weird. That was version. actually a pretty good version somehow. Yo, yeah, that was a that was a weird one. Did you know that the same developers of that GBA Tony Hawk's game made a Jet Set Radio game on GBA? And it was apparently not that good. Well, not that surprising. Yeah. If you were trying but to it, convert jet, something Jet Set Radio 1 styled onto... Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was Jet Set Radio 1, and they, they made it isometric like the Tony Hawk's game. Um, and it didn't, didn't really work. A valiant effort, though. Yeah, it's a nice idea. but It's like, there's some weird ones on the game, like... They, there was like a game by Color Driver. Yep, I played that as well. Oh, yeah, didn't we have that? Yeah. yeah. And it was like quite good, but really hard. Mm. By Driver was always really hard. <laughs> That's true. We, were, we actually watched that not that long ago, didn't we? Like a video about someone collating the handheld versions of Driver. Like, in, Was it Driver 2 or 3? They actually made vaguely 3D on the GBA. Yeah, real bad. Yeah, real bad. Couldn't couldn't quite pull it off, but interesting nonetheless. It's like, well done, you made a tech demo that no one should play. Hmm. Uh, I uncovered a copy of a, a Game Boy cut copy of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Oh, is that that's kind of cool? I don't know, maybe DX? I don't know. No, it di- it's the oh, it's the no. original Game Boy version. No, I had to. Not even the color version. Not even the color. It's not mine then. It's old, old, <laughs> old. I, old. I had the color version. Yeah, yeah. we, we no had idea. the color one. No idea where that came from. Uh, there's a there's a GBC version of Pocket Bomberman that I assume must have been one of yours. I don't think so. No. Neither of us were into Bomberman. That was your thing. Well, we, no, we only played the GBA version. The only version I got in on was the GBA one. Which was hella fun, by the way. Actually, maybe it was mine. Hmm. I remember playing a Bomberman game, probably on the Game Boy Color, quite a lot, but I don't remember why. And I don't remember specifically it being mine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I found the cart anyway. It's a black cart, if that helps. 
I don't know if that was a thing. Were, were GBC cuts like always black and the old GB cuts always grey? Was that, was mm, that a scheme? Yeah, that might be right. Mm, maybe. Although, mm, no, and they weren't always because Pokemon obviously was different colours. Well, yeah. Oh, Pokemon well. is always different. Yeah. It has fancy colours. Um, yeah. Did you have Choo Choo Rocket on GBA? I did, yes. I, I think we had three copies between mm. two of us for some reason. Because <laughs> that was a really great version of that. Yeah, it made sense, right? I mean, it lacked the pizzazz of the, the Dreamcast version, obviously. Mm. But but they what they then... Oh, man. This is the story of like how the, how the re-release can benefit from the first release. Because they basically took um, the Dreamcast's custom-made level system which was online um, on the Dreamcast, so people could submit levels and you could download levels back then mm. um, on the Dreamcast, and they put 300 of them, Just which on, I think is... On the cart. Yeah, which I think is like six times more than what the original game had in its puzzle mode, and just pulled those into the get into the GBA version and be like, here you go. Have, have as much choo-choo as you can handle. I barely made a dent in that list. Yeah. Because it was pretty hard. Man, Choo Choo Rocket, what a great game. That That's dying for a local co-op re-release, like, or a PC version. Yeah. That would be amazing. I mean, come on, Sega, you're supposed to be re-releasing shit. <laughs> I mean, local, co-op, local co-op's kind of got enough legs now, isn't it? It's, it's come back. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a respected form of gameplay now. Again. Yeah, thanks to... Indie mostly, yeah. Nidhogg and Overcooked and Overcooked, yeah. <laughs> Games like that, uh, uh, Towerfall, yeah, um, yeah. So the, you know, now's the time. It's it's Choo Choo Rocket's time. Love that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old Japanese ad. George, I can more. George, yeah. So that's the news. You have found stuff. I found stuff. Yes. I, I found Zach's original floppy disk copy of Micro Machines 2. Or at least we assume that's mine. I never had a copy. Does I think I I think I probably still have the manual, so that's probably okay. Oh yeah, of course. Because yeah. it has copy protection. Yeah. Manual based copy protection. I think I still have that manual. <laughs> Although not that... I bet in the modern age you probably can scan those and have it show up. Because <laughs> that was the thing. It was like that weird, it was that weird shiny plastic printed thing that was meant to be unscannable <laughs> so you could copy the copy protection. Oh, you just photo it now. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. If you held it at the right angle. Well, even, even that, you could just use like what... Um... I don't know. Have you, have you seen those apps? Like, um, there was a lens they made for like OneNote or something that you could load onto my Windows phone, and it would try try to get rid of bad. Uh, you know, that like when you take a photo, things are like at an angle, and so the paper will end up being a bit trapezoidal and stuff like that. It would try and figure out where the paper is and unscrew it. Yeah, yeah, I've got that. App, yeah, which is quite neat. But that's not going to help with, the, with seeing that weird stuff. I mean, it will untrapezoid it, but then you you still do have to take the picture at a weird angle to Wait, get the reflection. What even was it? Oh, maybe it was just a big grid, wasn't it? And, yeah, in micro machines, just a grid of symbols. Yeah, that won't be too bad. Or you know, you just 
do it by hand. <laughs> Someone will have written that. Yeah, out, just, right? just yeah. write it out yourself. Oh, or you can do what we did for Supercars 2 and reverse hack the copy protection. Yeah, after many, many, many attempts. Just, just, just compile your own list of copy protection by, yeah. by trying every set. Just brute force it. Luckily, you know, it was technically copy protection, but it's not like it locked you out. It, like, you just restart the system and then try yeah. again. I mean, that's, that's the problem with getting, like, like game protection like that, though, isn't it? It's like there's nothing stopping you from just trying again. Yeah. If the... And if the combinations are a known limited set or a set you could figure out, you could eventually break it. It was marginally harder in supercars because it used the symbols were the track layouts. So in our in our handwritten version of it, you had to make sure that you actually drew a reasonable representation of the shape it was making sure. so you could tell which one it was. Yeah, because some had little kinks that might not have... Like, just subtle little changes. But if you're a Terrible drawer might have screwed you over. Yeah. Copy protection. Or, you know, the classic copy, manual copy protection. Find this word on this page. Yeah, I was about to say that was the one that was in my head right now. It's like, oh, you need to find page 42 and you want the third paragraph. I mean, the entire manual might actually be in the game. <laughs> but maybe not, just though. a subset. Yeah, yeah. It's probably just a random selection. Hmm. Or what was it? Um, I think we've talked about it before on the podcast, but um, old Amiga game Pioneer Plague had a pretty great one because it made it part of the game. Um, So the box had a series of white cards, which were galaxy maps or wormhole maps, effectively. Um, And then you had um, of where things were. And then you had to put an overlay over the top of that, which describes the pathways between them. And the combination of the two would create a dot sequence along the bottom of the card. Um, So when you were traveling through wormholes, the game would go, right, you're going to need map A with um, pathway set three for this one. Um, And then you'd you'd hit go. And then it made a a challenge of it because it's like, right, it put a dot sequence on screen. And you're like, you have to find where that dot sequence is in 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 the selection you've made on the card. And it's like if you, if you if you correctly guess where the the start of the sequence, or you know you correctly enter where the start of the sequence was because you could see it, then that would take you to the right place in the wormhole. If you got it wrong, there was a very good chance you were going to end up somewhere random in the galaxy, or in the solar system, I guess. Mm. And it's like that's a pretty cool system. You've made this into the game, and it's piracy protection, and it's that's neat. I, I, for, we played that game for ages before figuring out that's what it was telling us to do as well because we were stupid kids <laughs> Naturally. and then it was like oh that's what all this is for it's not just there to be cool it's actually useful ah I thought it was that was really neat I liked that once we'd figured out what it was <laughs> it's like we're so clever <laughs> we're so smart I'm out of copy protection stories. Okay. There's some in the news, I suppose. News! Yeah, it's getting good. Transition. News! Yeah. <laughs> Sonic Mania protection. There you go. That's news. Sort of. Uh, indeed. News. Yeah. So what have they put on? The, they put some DRM on that pissed <sighs> everyone off. And then yeah, they, so, the, so the PC version had everyone's favourite rootkit, Denuvo. Rootkit, yeah. Um, 
that nasty kind of stuff that you know any sort of any protection like that is generally considered a bad thing because of how much access it has to your computer uh, I, I don't know how much like how much of that is really what's the word um either true or that the fears are justified like has anyone ever taken advantage of a drm system to get root access to your pc you know for instance um I but, thought that that Sony one that was on those CDs years ago was like compromised, wasn't it? Do you remember that? Sony yeah. one. Do you remember no, when Sony remember. put a root kit onto every like audio CD um, of every album or whatever back? Oh when you wow! Were no, I do remember stuff. that. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's yeah. a long time ago. Maybe I haven't heard of a recent one. Anyway, um, so maybe you know the fears are a little bit unjustified, but I guess it could happen is always the thing. So they're generally considered bad by the community, blah, 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 blah. Denuvu is the current flavor of the month for rootkit-based privacy, uh, anti-piracy, not privacy, um, stuff. Uh, and famously has a policy of um, you. we will protect your game up until it gets cracked. And then when it gets cracked, you are within your rights to remove the protection if you want, and we won't charge you mm. Um or they will charge a reduced amount for their services or something like that um, based on how long it took to crack or something. It's interesting that I, th- I believe they've taken the, the stance that it's like, we know this is going to get cracked eventually because everyone cracks everything. Um, so we'll base our business model on how long it takes to get hacked. So they did that. Sonic Mania got, uh, you know, had this, had this part of it, which is a weird for Sega and B meant that you could play a game with no online functionality and you had to be online to play it. Because that's how Denuvu works. I'm not sure it entirely does, but it was free, coming through Steam anyway, so at a certain point you had to be online for a portion of that Some anyway. sort of authentication, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, eight days after its launch, it's been cracked. So this, in theory, means that Sega will take it out, as most other developers have done after the fact. Um, the last case I can remember was Doom 2016, where that had Denuvo in it, and that got cracked within a similar time frame, I think, and uh, it did the right thing and took it out of the game because it was worthless at that point. Mm. Yeah, good. So, I don't know, it's, it's it's just a little bit disappointing. It's like Sonic Mania is a fantastic game. Sega are generally very open about all this stuff and very like, yeah, whatever, we'll, we'll, we do well enough with our biggest games, with our most popular games that we don't worry about it. Whatever, they haven't really got a history of being arses with, with piracy protection. Um, so it's a little disappointing as a Sega fan um, that they decided to do this. But whatever, it will go soon. Yeah, it, it's just a shame because there was um, just so much goodwill with the release of Sonic Mania and everything. Yeah. Everything about it was positive, except and there had to be one stupid thing. Yeah, I mean the PC version was like a week late anyway, so yeah. People, so there was there was that sort of slightly holding it back. Not that a week is much of a big deal. Um, <laughs> too much of a big deal for me, but <laughs> I mean I, I just had to have it, of course. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's not not a big deal. Um, yeah, just just a bit surprising and a little bit disappointing, but never mind. Cool. 
we got? I don't know. I guess Destiny Two launched. <laughs> yeah. Any we thoughts on don't, that stuff? Do any of us care? Well, I was hope you know Destiny One. It was like, um, there didn't seem to be that much the, the content, and then it seemed really grindy and stuff. And it's like, well, maybe they'll. And the, and the idea of Destiny was this ten-year plan where it would gradually evolve, but then um, they were like, oh, we better make it Destiny Two and do a reset, right? I guess that was the idea. Yeah. And the and technology make... under the story is that the technology underneath the original Destiny never got to where it needed to be for it to be particularly maintainable, right? And like the tooling for how they make levels and the you know how the engine functioned to put stuff together was incredibly slow and tedious process. Mm. So the fact that they kept it running as well they did is kind of a, a, an achievement in itself mm. from some of the stories that came out, but. Uh, yeah, them abandoning it for Destiny 2 seems like a sensible idea, both from that perspective and probably from the business perspective, because, you know, Destiny sold really well. Yeah, which is, I mean, good for them, I guess. I mean, that's allowing them to do this. Let's do a new one thing, uh, which is cool. But I thought, like, okay, well, maybe this is the one then. If um, the first one fell down, this has got an opportunity to re-impress us. But... I'm just not impressed by the setting or, or the, the you know what I know of the story or the world or whatever it doesn't really intrigue me, which is really annoying because it's like no, uh, the idea of much. like a a bungee sci-fi epic that's like an uh, MMORPS sounds like great concept on paper, and all the art design always looked really good, well, pretty good anyway. But there's something a bit uncolorful about Destiny in terms of its art yeah. design, isn't there? It's all a bit grey. Brown, mm. next gen filter. To me, guess, anyway, something... I've never been totally <laughs> blown away by its design. If you don't know what I mean, no, there's, something not, there's something just a bit off with it. It's something a bit bland. Yeah, I definitely. I don't think it's necessarily the colourfulness. It's just like I don't know. It it doesn't feel like a real world when I see footage of it. Like I, I it, I guess it looks nice, but when I'm watching like gameplay of it, I just sort of switch off. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. like draw me in like a like a Halo or whatever. So I haven't seen a great deal of Destiny, but I saw the opening moments of the campaign being played for real by uh, a friend of mine on PS4. The original and the original, yeah. So I think this was post Dinklage, so I think this would have been patched out to have Nolan North. Um, that wizard came from the moon. Yeah, so it didn't have any of that. Right. Um, although I think that line never made it to the finished no, game anyway. No, but that um, was the best thing about it. <laughs> yeah. Wizard came from the moon. But it was said so deadpan. <laughs> that was the thing about it. It's like, just like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's a thing. Uh, but yeah, and even just watching that, I didn't, I just immediately didn't feel, I, I didn't feel it. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I can't really put it into words. And maybe this is something that, like, you just need to be in the game for longer to get the depth of, uh, like, you know, it's got Bungie's, like, decent enemy AI and stuff like that. So the idea is that, you know, the encounters are supposed to be good, that you keep playing it. But maybe something about the fact that it's a numbers game and the, you know, somewhat bullet spongy enemy problem that comes with making shooters into numbers games. Yeah, that's the trouble. Seemed present. And although, you know, headshots apparently were still somewhat reactive and things like that but yeah i don't know it's just, I, I really have a hard time describing something about how that game feels that i just 
just doesn't seem to click. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's because I had, uh, you know, having played the Borderlands games, and you know, you have the sort of the same problem there where you shoot at stuff, numbers come off, but they don't really react to your shots particularly. Mm. That maybe you know, having seen those two games and then then making another one of those, but not Borderlands. I'm just like maybe I don't see the point. Maybe I don't want one of those. Yeah, I mean, the Broadlands was such a great kind of template. Like, it wasn't the perfect game or anything, but you could see the potential with Broadlands, right? I mean, I guess, but the the even I'm not 100 percent sure there was much. I'm not sure where you go with that formula. If you know what I mean. It's like Borderlands is its own thing. It's loot-driven. It's got numbers. Great. You make an MMO out of it. Great. That's the next step, right? Yeah, But then mechanically, is that still interesting? You know, all you've done is add MMO to it. I I guess. (laughs) But you could also make it a better shooter at the same time. You'd think the makers of Halo would be... Uh, and you know, admittedly, we're our, my time. Our time of it is limited, and true, you know, true. the people that have put a lot of time into Destiny say the shooting still feels good, and it's like That's I'm fine. sure it does. Yeah, yeah. The, the guns, are, the guns sound cool, you know, and stuff like that. There's a there's a feedback to it that's nice. Yeah, they got some um, talented people making that stuff. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand. I don't think I want a game like I think. For me, the thing that stopped me from going into the original Destiny was that was when the reports of the original campaign basically being very underbaked, mm, yeah, became apparent. It's like, well, that's it, what you want to be fixed into, but it doesn't sound like it necessarily is. Well, I don't know. I've heard some reports saying the campaign is highly enjoyable now compared oh, right. to the original. Okay. Um, so maybe there's something to that. Um, maybe there's you know proper set pieces going rather than just go to thing, push a thing, wait for thing and fight things while you wait for thing, <coughs> which is the reductive breakdown of destiny one. Mm. Um, yeah. Maybe there's more to it. Uh, we're, talk- we're talking about something we don't really know about, but yeah, yeah the, true. just from, from the outside looking in, there's, there isn't, there's a weird, there's a weird lack of appeal and I don't get it either. Particularly. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Oh, well. I love those Halo games, and I love Bungie's work. Yeah, but I quite like some of their early stuff, and it's yeah, this for some reason just not clicking. I don't know. I have a passing interest. I think I'd play Destiny Two if we just if decided to do it. If you know what I mean. If like if like you just went in on the PC version and Zach went in or something like that. As always, I'd, I'd probably just jump ship and be like, yeah, sure, I'll get in on this. Mm. Let's do it. Um. But on my own, that's not a decision I can really justify. So, uh, what else we got going on? Do you see this thing about the South Park supposed difficulty setting thing? Vaguely. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. It's just like a bit of social commentary, but but everyone seems to be going crazy about it. But Zeg, you're saying that it's not that funny. <laughs> no, I mean... At a certain point, it's, well, it's, it's a question it's of like, what it affects, really. Well, it doesn't affect anything, is what they're saying. Well, apparently, it does. It's it's this, no, apparently, it doesn't. It's this this game's douchebag. So, this is like, 
Because um, that was the thing in the first game, wasn't it? Where you, t- you said, what's your name? And you went to the effort of typing your name in and stuff and goes, I'm going to call you douchebag. Yeah, it's like that. It's <laughs> Nick's game's douchebag. So it's in the character creator. And as you're selecting hair and, and everything and, and, and clothes and everything, you, it then says choose difficulty. And um, and the easy side is 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 white skin tone. And you move it to super hard is the is black skin tone. <laughs> uh, and, oh and, and, okay, and that's way worse than I thought it was. <laughs> and Cartman says, don't worry. This doesn't affect combat, just every single other aspect of your entire life. <laughs> That's pretty rough. And apparently it affects like um, some of the social interaction stuff, but also like how much money you get out of doing oh, things and stuff. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's both hilarious and horrible at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I guess, it's pretty bad. I guess that is South Park, I suppose. It's very but... South Park, so yeah. But yeah, it's just a self joke. It's not actually like, yeah, <laughs> not that impressive. But then I suppose, like for for character crit, is that is that actually for people who want to play the game as a black guy? Yeah, that's going to be um, harder, and they'll get less. Yeah, better. yeah. Like, who don't, who, but who don't want it to be a hard? Experience. <laughs> yeah. I bet it doesn't actually change that much. No, yeah, probably, probably not. not a lot. No. If anything. Wow. A lie. It, I, I hope in, in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good joke, though. Wow. Yeah. That, well, that's kind of funny. I, I mean, in, in some ways, some, like most of South Park, I kind of hate myself for finding that funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, anyway. It's a bit too close to the to, to reality. Yeah. 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 They should have just had it be just made it a combo and just had the gender be a be a toggle well, they, as well. There is oh, that. Man. There is like a there is like a weird whole gender thing, and um, but I don't know how much that actually affects much outside of like the opening sequence. But there is a like a gender thing where um, Mr. Mackey doesn't know what gender you are, so you have to tell him what you identify as and whether you're trans or whatever, or or, or uh, cisgendered. Uh, so that there's a whole sequence with picking your 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 gender and I mean, picking your self obvious character creation stuff. That would be kind of amazing if that stuff is like I know it won't because it's South Park, but the the, the simple inclusion of that stuff in some ways is is that a positive? I mean, it's I think it's pretty it's pretty cool. Yeah, not really because you know it's a joke. <laughs> Maybe, but it's, it's positive that it exists, but it's not positive that they're using it in the context of a joke like everything in South Park. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but it's called satire, isn't it? It's like to, it's yeah. a joke, but it yeah. it also makes you but think about like, reality. You can't say it's like it's basically neutral. It's like you're yeah. acknowledging that a thing exists, but only in order to use it in the joke context. So it like balances out the good and the bad. <laughs> I suppose. I, I guess that was what. Some people, and I've heard that same criticism levied at Mass Effect for the gay relationship. Thing, yeah, in the you know, like it's in there. It, it, it's it's nice that it's there. Does it change anything? No, not at all. Um, it's in there, but it's only in there to be in there. But then, kind of, is that isn't that the point? If we're being really well, yeah, like, for Mass Effect, it shouldn't. It's like for Mass, technically, in Mass Effect, the relationship thing doesn't even need to exist. Full stop. In any gender, <laughs> sure, because it's completely irrelevant. But it's the, the core game. of the gameplay, isn't it? <laughs> That's what it's but mostly about. All that shooting is like a side thing, isn't it? Yeah, to up the... to a point, like the actual like 
relationships as in like talking to people. That's all what Mass Effect is about. But you don't, the actual like building relationships with your crewmates is fine up to a certain point as well. But then it's just like, and then we've got the bit where it turns into like an actual relationship. And that's where like that was unnecessary. <laughs> you didn't have to be able to go that far with any of your crew members. You could have just been a purely professional relationship. I suppose. And they could have just trusted you as a, as a person. <laughs> to not go down that hole. Yeah. <laughs> Almost literally. Sorry. Bad phrase. Yeah. But it's just like, but you know, they put it in there and then they were like, well, shit, if we're going to do this one way, we have to do it always because otherwise people are going to be pissed. But no, you could have just clearly, not done it. I'll give, Mass Effect it. I'll give Mass Effect its due, though, in the sense that two and three, the fact, the interplay of it knowing what you did in Mass Effect one was sometimes quite clever. Except like, they, the fact they that all the characters were just like, as well, though, didn't they? Because well, they were like, a little bit, because they made too many combinations. But it's like after a while, well, it's just they, like, like aren't, you, aren't you having that thing with Telly? And, well, yeah, like, they, and it's like they sort of created a bit of. Wait, they screwed themselves because they rewrote Liara into the story after you. Whereas, like, you have your you can have the Liara relationship in one, and then she disappears, and then then you make a new relationship in two, but then she comes back in the DLC, and it's like, well, this is just fucked. <laughs> It's my real life. <laughs> it's like they screwed themselves by using, like, by not accounting for every option in the base game and then reintroducing one of the options that wouldn't, was, didn't exist in a DLC. Sorry, I'm now confused about Dan's statement. This sounds like an offline conversation waiting to happen. Yes, well, why did you bring it up then? Mass Effect 3. <laughs> oh, Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 3 was a good one. People didn't like the ending, but I don't know. It's a good game. People didn't like the ending of Mass Effect Two. <laughs> well, that was that made more sense to me. I mean, that really was quite. I mean, it was it was amazing ending up until like the actual boss. <laughs> yeah, it got done. <laughs> yeah, up until the Terminator. Yeah. I mean, well, it was an amazing ending. Ignoring the actual boss part. It was like it was an amazing ending until you actually found out what was going on. <laughs> yeah. Then it kind of yeah. got done. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like the whole actual mission Collectors thing was a good yeah. idea. The mission but then was cool. once you discovered the truth, it was like, well, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's that. Okay. I guess. What else is going on? Uh, there's a HD re-release of Akami coming, apparently, which is apparently yeah. cool. Although it feels like it's already been re-released at least twice. Yeah. I think it did get re-released on PS. Three, I want to say, um, with obviously without the, you know, the, the 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 cool thing about the original was that it was on the Wii and they used the motion controls for the painting mechanic and stuff like that. And like when That's they did cool. the when they did the PS2 and PS3 versions, you lost a little bit of that, which was a little bit of a shame. Um, but yeah, it's a re- it was a really great game. Um, it, it suffers a little bit from being perhaps a bit over long, I thought, but. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I think it was cool, and it's a bit of a shame it never got properly revisited. Which which is why I'm a bit like, oh, with HD remaster, okay, they could make this look really amazing because of the painterly style and that that was it that classic ink and watercolor. Look yeah, yeah, is 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 really excellent. Um, but uh, could we have another one? <laughs> could we have a set a different uh, game? I know. Oh well. Yeah, so there's that. I guess they're sort of cashing in on current kind of Zelda 
Um, uh, to a point, yeah. It's, it's, cool. it's a Zelda game, and Ish, you know, yeah. people might not know who Emma Tarasu is if they play Marvel vs. Capcom. I don't know. Um, you were saying about Overwatch changes to Mercy? Yeah, so they're, mu- they're mucking around with Mercy quite a bit um, at the moment, to the point where they've changed her ultimate. You know, the thing you, that Mercy is known for, whereby anyone in her vicinity when she who is dead and she fires the ultimate they all get revived that's no longer her ultimate um instead right. they've put a they've changed that so you have a single res option um which you have to be relatively nearby um someone to activate and that's just on a straight up cooldown now that's just an ability right um uh, and your alt has become uh, an offensive, where you effectively take to the skies, and your pistol gets more powerful. Um, uh, to be like a Valkyrie, I suppose is the idea. Um, and it's just uh, it's 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 quite the change. It's quite the balance shift. Um, uh, and it's and it's irritating reading the the stance the community took on Mercy really, and the, like why they decided to make these changes is is a bit frustrating because it's. She was seen as a low skill character, which is, which is, you know, that's fine. That's kind of what medic roles have traditionally been, right? In some ways, like you could be a yeah. good medic, you could definitely be a skilled medic. You can definitely learn to use Mercy's flying ability to her advantage, you know, in, in, in and be better at it than others. That's fine. But the core of Mercy is you can still be an effective Mercy without being terribly good at the game, um, which is fine. I think you need a character like that. Um, and but the Overwatch community basically kicked up a stink, being, being oh, all you have to do is hide near a fight and wait for the opportune moment to fire the alt, and then the real uh, like negating all of the work the real characters just did. Um, it's and the fact that Blizzard have then had, like tried to address this, I I, I don't know, it rubs me up, it rubs me up the wrong way a little bit. It doesn't it doesn't feel like the right argument to try and address. Well, it's this. It's because they made a made the mistake of using the resurrect as well using the resurrect. So like if you think about Lucio and his overshield, that's mm. basically sort of like a tier two Uber. Yeah, and that's much. why that works is because it's a thing that you. It's not a. It's not a thing that undoes something. It's a thing that adds to something. Yeah, yeah. You're it's not just... undoing. You're not reviving people who have already died. You're making your next push better. Yeah, and that's why it seems worse when you turn it that turn it around like that. So, it's like, they shouldn't have used a resurrect skill. <laughs> I'll admit the res as it was was pretty powerful well, yeah. when, when you activated it, but it was on quite a long cooldown. Well, and yeah. and using it effectively so everyone was dead at the right time so you could boost it actually was was pretty tricky. That was one of Mercy's. Well, that like, was just because it was of the key the skill respawn time of thing. Yeah, which, like you you only had a small window before someone just actually respawned. Yeah, exactly. You, you got you got a window of time, and if uh yeah if they if they actually respawned, then obviously you couldn't you couldn't res their their corpse. Um. And the corpses all had to be relatively near each other for you to res it at the right time. I, I, you know, I never, I never thought that that was a problem. Like it was a strategic part of the game, and it was, it was powerful. But to use it right was, I thought, was pretty tricky. Um, personally, because the circumstances don't always work in your favour. Um, maybe that's different in pro play or 
something like that where pushers are a bit more coordinated and the whole team goes at it more or <laughs> in, in a more organized fashion um maybe that becomes let becomes less true um i'm willing to concede that there but i don't know we'll see maybe that's an excuse to go play a bit more overwatch which i haven't done for a while um especially now the new junker town map is about right yeah you know new proper map oh they also did the um uh, there was another new map that I neglected to mention when I think we talked about. Did we talk about Team Deathmatch? Uh, at some point, I think we they did. added that. Yeah, they added they added that um, a while back, um, uh, and they added a new map specifically for that. And uh, well, you know, the new maps, new modes. I actually thought I actually think Team Deathmatch in Overwatch is kind of interesting, given that you know the the class. The, it, I don't think every class is effective in it. But it's still interesting. So yeah, they're mucking around with Overwatch. Apparently, um, back, remember our player unknowns battlegrounds. What the hell is that talk last week? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. it's reached one million concurrent players on Steam. Yeah, which is. Over- well, I think we said last time that it overtook Dota. For a yeah, bit. it did. It did. Although I think um, Destiny 2 is on 1.2 million, so <laughs> no, <laughs> come right, on. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite funny, though. This big thing we don't know. Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter 2 re release on SNES. Yep. They're putting out a proper cartridge that'll work <laughs> in a proper SNES. Complete with a scary warning. Did you see that? I haven't seen the scary warning. What's the scary warning? Well, so I guess they maybe f- to cover themselves legally, but basically SNESs are all old and they're probably going to catch fire. So there's like a thing that says, watch out when playing this, that it, that your SNES doesn't catch fire. But they don't mean <laughs> right. because there's something scary about the cartridge. They just mean because SNESs are old and liable to catch fire, apparently. So to cover themselves. I, I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard that. Old, old electronics. Were, well, I don't know that Snezzers in particular were a bit flammable. I don't think it is Snezzers in particular. I think they just mean we're well, it's putting not like out that this for an old. Specifically, co- should be stressing the system anymore. No, no it's still it's the not. same game. No, but they're saying we're putting out a new game, but we know you can't play this on hardware that isn't like at least twenty years old. So, um, watch out. <laughs> or, the old hardware typically catches on fire. Really. Yeah, they do. So maybe an old capacitor could explode or something. Yeah, yeah, I think like, that's that it. Doesn't usually cause fires. <laughs> Causes no. a burning smell and a bang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a lot of weird fluff sometimes. I still want uh, one of those SNES classics. I wish I could I buy know. one. I know. But but would you? Given that um, um, the mascot of Nintendo. His life seems to be a lie. <laughs> it's not a lie. <laughs> he's, just, he's just given. He's just given up his plumbering oh, for a life of luxury. Plumbering. <laughs> Plumberizing. Plumbusing. He's been. Yeah, he's, he, he doesn't do that. Plumbers. He's he's, be, he's beyond that now. He's a he's a tennis player and a go kart fanatic and a. Occasional platformer, 
Not that that's a professional. Profession? Professional? Profession. Yeah. He doesn't have a job. He lives off the he lives off the royalty. Never had a <laughs> he's anyway. like he's like he's, he got in repeat, so he's like he's got the easy life. <laughs> While Luigi's busy making money off ghost hunts, that's how this works, right? Yeah, of course. And he never he never had like he was a carpenter and then he was a plumber. Yeah, in those first two games, I guess those were the first two technically. Yeah. Donkey Kong and then Mario Bros. Not Super Mario Bros, but Mario Bros. Yeah. But then, like, then it was irrelevant, so it's just like, he never actually was a flower. Because <laughs> I'm not sure those games really exist in the same universe, even, do they? No, I think they can. Yeah, but are they, though? Because now we're coming up to Mario Odyssey, where you've got Pauline and New Dawn City. Yeah. And, Paul, you know... Pauline was the was in the first game with Donkey Kong. Yeah, because you weren't saving Peach, were you? No. you were saving Pauline. Exactly. But then, like, so did those games canonically actually happen before any of the other games, or is it like well, some weird alternate timeline? Well, the thing about Donkey Kong is I don't think that was Mushroom Kingdom, right? Well, no, it wouldn't have been. Yeah, in theory. Hence, I guess why New Donk City has real people in it. Yeah. Um, exactly. But then, how did Donkey Kong get in the Mushroom Kingdom? Is, 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 how did Donkey Kong become his own thing? <laughs> how did Donkey Kong? <laughs> how does one Kong? Where is the fucking world of Donkey Kong sixty four? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that the same world as like modern Donkey Kong games? Like the what's the oh, what Donkey Kong Country revisited yeah. or whatever it's called? Where, where is the yeah. Donkey Kong Country? <laughs> or what was the one, the recent one with the? Tropical Freeze. Yeah. Tropical Freeze, yeah. Like, and they did one before that as well. Like the new, there's been two of the new Donkey Kong games. Yeah, which are apparently very good, so, and we should probably play it. Sometime. Like, does, does the Donkey Kong world is that just like another continent in the in the same world as the Mushroom Kingdom? Like the Bean Kingdom is next to the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I assume New Donks. It's like the way Odyssey is now making me think of the world. Is like I don't think. Like New Donk City and regular humans, yeah, that just must be part of the like of some continent away from the Mushroom Kingdom. Like it must be all just the same globe now, right? <laughs> Maybe. Like Brooklyn is just part of New York City, right? It's not a, a New Donk City, so right? <laughs> I don't like... think Brooklyn is going to be part of New Donk City. <laughs> I'm sure that's how that's going to work. Although there is the question whether the Brooklyn part of the Mario is actually uh, the Mario story is actually canon. Well, I'm pretty sure it's not. No, the films don't count. Or, or even the Super Mario Super Show. I see that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Wave your arms from time to time. Come on! It's all about real. Also, the old voice as well. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> so Mario. But yeah, it does make any sense. Is what we're saying. Nearly as bad as Sonic. Sonic never had a profession. Well, I'm not talking about his profession. I'm talking about the way the world ties together, as we were discussing previously. I had, a, I did have a quite a detailed discussion last week about Sonic's origin story. Yeah, and, and you, you read the comic. You know the comic. I mean, I mean the Sonic, the, the Sonic, the comic the version. Yeah. yeah, which is way more in depth than 
Well, and, and like doesn't just cover Sonic; it covers like a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and how that—that's like what, like, because the question came up was like, "Why is Sonic blue anyway?" Like, and it's just like, "Well, yeah, <laughs> well, you went really fast and became blue for some unspecified size." Some, yeah, apparently going past the speed the, the speed of sound on a treadmill. Yeah, <laughs> which is just the weirdest detail of that. The speed of sound on a treadmill like, causes, caused his, his his spines to fuse together into those big ass spines, and for him to turn blue for some reason. And technically, you know, he wasn't he he wasn't actually going faster than the speed of sound because he was on a treadmill. Because he was on a he treadmill, was actually stationary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the treadmill was going faster than the speed of sound. I can't remember why were they. What was he? Why were they originally making him run fast? Like I how, don't how did he that. get fast? Yeah, I don't remember what the, the what was what, it sneakers like a special probably. pair of sneakers. Is that, that would it? make sense? And he got fast and then stayed fast as a result of the sneakers because I know they were using him on a treadmill to power to, something, right? Well, they basically wanted to control. The, the idea was is that they were creating the chaos emeralds, I believe, in order to be a way of like just sucking in evil right yeah or something like that to try and stabilize mobius as you do when mobius was still a thing yep um see that's that's what the situation with mario is it's like mobius is not actually a thing in sonic any longer so what like what is the world that mario takes place on <laughs> mobius <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> it, was now, it would just be like there's a continent where sonic well, happens. well apparently if mario and sonic can be in the olympic Games, <laughs> well, yeah exactly it's just earth they're, they're all just on earth now yeah Mushroom Kingdom's not a thing. I mean, it's technically, just, Sonic... It's just Ukraine or something. I mean, that's that's where... <laughs> Mushroom Kingdom's the Ukraine. If you are going to tie it back together, that's where Sonic actually makes more sense, because they did just bring Sonic to Earth. Whereas Mario, it's just like, some, sometimes he's on Earth. <laughs> it is now, anyway. Right, yeah. Whereas Sonic is legitimately... He's just on Earth now. He's just on Earth now, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was the weird thing that... That that also was a question that came up. It's like, why are the why are some of the animals just animals, and why are the yeah. other the animals uh, like walking, that's a talking? Problem. Okay, in the games, that is a proper problem, right? Because yeah. like Sonic's obviously a big blue thing, as is Miles Prower. Yep. And and like, but the, the animals you rescue from the pods are these tiny little, like actual rabbits and bird things. Like they're not the same things for some reason. Um, uh, but in the Sonic the comic version of it, that was just. Mobius. It was just like that's the population. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just how any and I think <laughs> any world where they have anthropomorphic characters tends to have that problem. Sure. It's like sometimes there's just regular animals. Oh yeah, and then then Sat Sat Am took the same approach as did the oh which one was it? yeah Sat Am was the cheesy one wasn't it and then there was the 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 serious Sonic yeah. cartoon I forget which one that was um. Uh, yeah, that, that was just the world, which then puts chili dogs in a weird position because it's made of meat. Because it's made of meat. Well, yeah. or, or maybe not. It could be a chili dog that's made of literal chilies. Or like, oh, just like nothing it's just but chili. vegetable. But what's the dog made of? <laughs> that is, what you mean? Just, just a chili. It's just mushed up chilies <laughs> in a sausage fork <laughs> shape, mate. That's so strong. <laughs> well, like, you know, that's what Sonic needs to power his ridiculous thing. <laughs> just powers by jalapeno. <laughs> Yeah, it could be vegetarian. You don't know what's in those in those tube-shaped formations. <laughs> Mo Farah and his uh, corn adverts obviously had an impact on Sonic. Yeah, exactly. Go fast by eating vegetarian stuff, mm-hmm. apparently. Protein, mate. Although I guess Mo Farah doesn't actually go fast. He goes for a long time. <laughs> Mo Farah goes. 
Speaking of our Sonic law discussion from the previous <laughs> sure. episode, what how Sonic Mania fits into all yeah. this? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Well, I didn't really have a revelation as much as I just remembered something that was obvious and I was done. Right. When we were talking about how Sonic CD ties into it or doesn't. Well, there is a bit. Robotnik is standing there with a picture of this little planet that we neglected to mention. Well, that's what at the end it blows up, right? That's just the end of the thing. And I was just like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot that that was the whole <laughs> scene at the end of the game. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'd forgotten that. And I think, I'm, I mean, judging by the looks of it, it must be just like, this is just, it, it must just always be Sonic CD again, where it's just like, it's obviously like the bad future of the little planet where it gets all metal and grey mm. and turns into a base for Erotic where he's building the Titanic Monarch, which is apparently what actually blows up. <laughs> and then, like, I guess the whole planet blows up. I, I guess. Hmm. Maybe that's maybe that's only one of the endings. Well, okay, uh, this is technically a spoiler for you, but it's maybe. not a big one because it's it's basically irrelevant. Right. But the the ending that you get after the supersonic boss yeah. is basically exactly the same, except for instead of all three of the characters standing there and looking at it explode, yeah, Sonic stays behind, and when he instead of exploding, it sort of implodes, and then you just get this giant. The explosion is in the shape of Sonic's winking head. <laughs> <laughs> actually, right. So I assume what they're implying there is like time, time travel, whatever. Something happened, and he escaped the explosion Ooh. by. So then that also is this a setup for Sonic. Yeah, exactly. Too? We're looking at the crossover to Sonic Forces idea being even more uh, like that's how he travels from that dimension to the. Oh, what do you reckon? Which also are they trying to explain why he's how the only one there? Well, they're trying forces. to explain how classic Sonic ends up in Forces. Yeah. I mean. Because Knuckles and Tails don't go through. Because unlike Sonic Generations, where you have classic Tails, yeah. it's the time travel. In this one, it's dimension hopping. So maybe when the tiny planet blows up with its inherent time travelness, it just fucks up the dimensions. I kind of hope Sonic Mania Two just is like they take the modern stages and try and make an old school pixely Sonic version of them. Right. That's what I meant. Like, like, like. Yeah, I know they did a pretty good job with two D Spagonia and stuff like that before, but like. Wouldn't that be cool in the, the Sonic Mania art style? I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it does appear that Tiny Planet actually exists. But then, then of course, if you want to go even further, that you know, Tiny Planet exists on Mobius. <laughs> that is Mobius. Change to Mobius. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, again with the end, like the level transitions in Sonic Mania not making sense, the, like several of those levels do take place on Angel Island. Yep. And so, like lava reef, yeah, and like lava like, reef. For how, how do they get there again? You jump back and forth between those two locations very quickly, mm. or in a fade out of an undefined period of time. Yeah, an undefined fade out. <laughs> it wasn't even a, a even a, a ruby. Wow, no, it wasn't even a teleport. They should have just done that at the end of every level, and then it would just make perfect sense. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, fun times. Yep, and I enjoyed that conversation because it was. It was <laughs> nice. Glad. <laughs> well, it was nice explaining it to someone who'd never heard any of this nonsense before. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, and that's like as part of the experiment, they used these gold rings to somehow like help be a stabilization to the evil collection process. And oh, and the fact that it was Ovi Kintabor, and yep. then but there happened to be a rotten egg in the fridge <laughs> nearby. Yeah. And like like the fly, that's what turned him into Ivo Robotic. <laughs> and so he's part egg now. Oh, that's where egg egg goes. 
Except oh, obviously that name doesn't make any sense because it's Eggman. Look, yeah. <laughs> well played the British writers of Sonic the Comic who tried to make something out of Sonic. Because that's actually kind of a good... In, in its own stupid way, it's the best we're going to get. <laughs> yep. And it all made sense. Apart from perhaps spine fusing. It made, made sense for us, <laughs> like a certain comic amount of sense. Oh, yeah. When you were a small child, you were like, oh, this is great. <laughs> right, I think we're out of news. <laughs> pretty, yeah, okay. pretty much. <laughs> Stuff for what you've been playing. Should we carry on with Sonic maybe? Yeah, <laughs> we're on, we're on. Go for it. I still haven't Chaos Emerald did that game. Ugh, somehow. I, uh, I don't know, I found I found the sixth Chaos Emerald challenge real tricky. Hmm. Um, the sixth one particularly. I found, I, the only one I found difficult was like either the third or fourth, I don't remember. It was like you you get the first two and they're quite easy, but then there's like a real spike in yeah. difficulty suddenly. And then I didn't find it that difficult from then on really. Well, the last one I did in the first run, I, the first time I tried it, yeah, like that. That was a, even though it's quite the mess, yeah. like there's just stuff everywhere. But like, it, like that. The... the thing about that level is, I, I never went to half of that level. It's like you just do this one loop that it sort of leads you down, oh, yeah, and that's yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, I followed the UFO basically. Yeah, and it's uh, didn't really take the other routes, and it's, uh, yeah, that did the trick. Same for me, that one. But yeah, it was the one beforehand I had real trouble with just because some of the... I guess some of the turns were kind of awkward. Um, some of the... the it was it was quite tight with a lot of open space either side of the track. Mm. And uh, um, it didn't take a lot for you to make a wrong move and then be like, oh, no, I'm drifting to my doom. <laughs> Never drift. Well, no, even in the air, it's like, oh, I've jumped. Oh, I'm still going too far. I'm off the course. Like especially if you try to make the jumps for like the chains of rings, balls in the air, mm. like like oh, I can't get them. Uh, yeah, some character. I've, I've I've pretty much played most of that game like three or four times now, like in, in, except for the last few stages. Like basically from Oil Ocean onwards, I've only done once. Um, so I've got to go back now. I've got all the emeralds. I need to go back to. What's even that last zone called? Something Monarch. Titanic Monarch. Titanic Monarch, which is probably my most hate, like my least liked stage of the whole game. And uh, I'm going to play that again. I don't, think that, I don't think it's that terrible. I don't know. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't like that thing in games where you, it forces, there's, four, like, there's multiple routes and it forces you down all of them to come back to a central point <laughs> to open a thing. I'd, 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 that that to me doesn't feel very Sonic. Well, no, that is the bit that's slightly unusual, but it's compared to the rest of the game, but it's not necessarily that difficult. No, I, I, I don't know. Some of them, I, I mean, I timed out the first time I played that level. You were watching me. And it's yeah, but like, that was because it's... you got like a sort of a bug where it made you redo them. Oh yeah, I died, didn't I? And, and it, it respawned me, but I yeah. hadn't remembered that I'd done any of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like that's not. I'm pretty sure that's not meant to happen. <laughs> no, but I found some of them kind of annoying. Where it's like, okay, where do I go? Like I'm just I'm falling. Well, that's into the this... whole trick of that level, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's like it's all about hidden springs, essentially. <laughs> kind of stuff that doesn't appear until you're virtually on top of it. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it'll be, maybe it'll hold up a bit better on the second play. We'll see. Well, um, once you know what the route is, you just go. <laughs> you just go for it real yeah. fast. 
yeah, so I'll do that and I'll um, uh, see what the, all, the, all the end game stuff is, the extra zone. Well, yeah, that's the extra boss. The, the, the annoying part of not being able to talk about that because that was the one thing that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to talk about how bad it is. God damn it. <laughs> okay. And I'll, I'll definitely do a Knuckles run once I've done that as well. Hmm. And yeah. just, I just want to see what that's like. I just want to see how many different. You want to see the, the extra stuff that is different. Yeah, absolutely. Just a couple of things. I might do it as knuckles and knuckles just for the hell of it as well. Well, I need to do. Well, yeah, but the trouble with that is you can't save if you do knuckles and knuckles. How oh, can you not? Is it just like well, that's a... what the secrets are on the no save file? You can't. Oh, I thought they just activate like you set them there. I thought that was just a menu thing. No, I don't think so. Oh, that's well, a little disappointing. Does. I think that's what, however, I said it works. I'm fairly sure that's how it works. No, that's a little disappointing. But then that doesn't. Like, mean... why, why can I play the game with the peel out? For instance, well, yeah, exactly. Of, like, yeah. I mean, maybe that's why, because for legitimacy's sake, they don't want to have a save file that where, where you don't have the drop dash. Or yeah, whatever. but in single player, why, why does that matter? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like I get that for the time trial mode, right? They they probably want to. If you were using those, maybe you'd want to split them out. But maybe that adds some depth to the time trial. It's like, oh, if I set this ability, then I can get a better time. I don't know. I I think it would have been neat to have left it in, regardless. Just here's an option. What? How do you want to play? Is it better or worse? We'll let you decide. But I need to do a knuckles and knuckles run to because apparently not only not only is obviously knuckles different in general. Mm. But apparently, Knuckles and Knuckles says that's different as well. At oh, least really? The ending. Oh, wow. So, what you've got to do a complete playthrough without... in one go? Yeah. Well, I suppose that's not so difficult on the long... Switch. Yeah, because I can on... pause it. Or even so much on the Xbox, like provided it retains state and I don't play anything else. Yeah. Like, and I just go back into so it. You can suspend. Yeah. Which it does do pretty well. I have had one time where I said, "Oh, I thought that was suspended." And it's like, oh, you know what? It's probably because someone rebooted the Xbox because the TV part wasn't working again. <laughs> Naturally. I've got to the point where I'm really tempted to just root my Xbox. <laughs> to not have your unnecessary password. Yeah. <laughs> to just, just un- unhook all that, run it through the amp as, as the TV instead. It's just that it keeps going... The Xbox keeps going wrong enough that that's becoming annoying. It's like it's lasted this long, and your connect. Well, yeah, no, my connect is buggered, but yeah, um, the um, but the pass through stuff was always working, and it's like, but yeah, of late it's been real bad. Um, so maybe that part of my Xbox is no longer happy. Please don't make me buy an X. <laughs> don't make me. Don't break any more. <laughs> Does the X even work with the Connect? I guess I suppose everything it does. Uh, it does, but it doesn't have the um, special connector, so you have to get an adapter to make it work to make the Connect work, mm-hmm. and also uh, the uh, a, an external power supply, I think, because the the original Xbox Connect can power itself off the special port, but I think. On the modern ones, if you're just running it through a USB connector, there's not enough power to power connect. Mm. Yeah, so there's some, there's some hoops to go through if you want to get it. My connect, I think it's my connect itself, not the console, that's the problem in my solution. So I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't do that anyway. Mm. Well, yes, because your your connect is like you know sometimes it doesn't necessarily function as the connect part of the connect, but it's also the thing that's doing the actual IR functions as well. <laughs> 
So I'm, I even pulled that into question because that stuff all works. Like, I, I, I don't know if there was a blaster just built into the front of the. I mean, I know they've done it on the S and the X. There's actually an IR emitter on the front of the console to make this stuff still work without a connect. Yeah. All um, oh, right. But I don't know. But I don't know if the original one has that. So there are times when the Kinect has obviously not been behaving itself, and it's like, how is this working? How is it turning my setup on? Well, maybe it's actually more specific, but like, it, even though your Kinect doesn't appear to be on, the, it is actually still connected to the IR part. It's <laughs> yeah, just not the actual Kinect Connect part yeah. that's not working. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's clearly not, because you can see it when it's on light, and you can see when it's like actually doing depth sensing, because you can... You can see the red blobs in the middle of it of like, oh right, now it's actually emitting enough uh, emitting IR in a way that it can judge depth with. Yeah. Um, uh, and when it goes a bit funny, it's like it's not doing that. But yeah, maybe, maybe. So yeah, well, I might, I might change that in my box. Uh, yeah, so who, who, who's carrying on, Dan? Could, like, we both joined up on Mania Rex. <laughs> who's carrying on? No. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you're both playing the same game, so... I'm sure you can... But we're only both playing that game. Just that one. Oh, I see. Uh, so, okay. Uh, please carry on, Zach. <laughs> okay. Well, Decided. Not, I might not actually have much to talk about this time I guess because I haven't been playing well I've played quite a bit of Space Engineers I went back to that mm. I don't think I've been in since they changed it to be a beta <laughs> officially a beta whatever that means for the incredibly long development process that they've been through already but yeah I haven't been back, hadn't been back to that for a while so I went back the main thing that's different from my perspective is like They've been going through the process of updating all the models of the blocks, so everything is like higher quality and like more polygons. And it looks all fancy and looks really confusing because you're like, "What block is that? I don't even remember. <laughs> don't recognize it. Have to only mouse over it and find out what block that actually is." Hmm. But then, yeah, only have to worry about that once. And it does look kind of weird when, like, in, you know, the classic situation where there's just like, "Oh, these blocks that haven't been done yet." <laughs> Like like the armor block, for example, the basic block that you use to build everything. It's like this looks kind of kind of weird and flat compared to everything else because it's just a perfectly flat texture. I mean, mm. it does have like so, like it, it, it's a texture that's like got little lines and stuff to make it look like there's the occasional bits of panel and such. But it's definitely not nearly as detailed as the as the modern block models, <clears> so <throat> it does look kind of strange. I don't know if they are going to update that because I think there was some kind of some amount of complaining last time they tried to change the armor textures where it's just like it makes every, makes all my stuff like the functional blocks it's fine to update those models because they're like you, you don't use them as much as the armor blocks but if you update the armor it's like everything looks weird now <laughs> like mm. the entire outside of my ship which I like the look of now looks completely different because it's got this weird texture and the texture interacts with the color layer differently and all this kind of stuff right right <laughs> Anyone that's put time into customization is well. You know what the answer is. You just put a uh, toggle <laughs> a, or a separate armor block. Because well, do you want to build a build an armor block that looks like this? Yeah, or do you want to build smooth armor? armor or regular? Yeah, <laughs> maybe could do. 
Yeah, there's that. And it was also slightly weird that something that has been introduced even more recently than the Viva. So I also hadn't seen this, but like apparently it was actually quite a recent introduction. They introduced the mysterious random drops for cosmetic items for your space engineers. Oh, no, right. Like, a loot system. Yeah, a kind of a loot system. Just like every 20 minutes or so, a random probe spawns somewhere in your facility and then you can go over there and interact with it and it has a random chance to give you a random item. And I'm not sure what the, like, how it determines what you get. I suspect that it might be somewhat location-based, like, because obviously if you're on the different planets, I suspect that that maybe gives you a different chance of getting different things. Because it also seems like I got several drops quite quickly at the start and it's like tailed off yeah right so i feel like maybe it might even be location based specific enough to be like the area around my base now is like i've expired it Mm. and like if i moved somewhere else on the same planet maybe i'd get more stuff it's hard to tell or maybe it just decreases in time yeah or maybe you just only get a certain amount of drops at the start to give you a taste and then it's like now you have to work for them somehow (laughs) or whatever Although it's also like the, brand, the the actual thing that's also nice about that loot system because if you don't really care about cosmetics, is like you can just salvage the probes for parts. Yeah, really. <laughs> just grind them down, steal all the steal all the bits. Although you can't really, they're too big to carry on your person if you're going on realistic size inventories. And I haven't got round to. I was thinking of just making like a little mini, a tiny little salvage ship that's basically just a cockpit with engines and like a magnetic <laughs> landing gear that you can just attach to the probe and lift it up and bring it back to the base. Mm. <laughs> just bring them home and then grind them there. That would be funny. But then it's like, that's probably not actually worth the effort at that point. Going yeah. out there manually, just turning on your jetpack and flying out there and then grinding it and taking whatever <laughs> you can carry back, that's like, <laughs> making a whole ship is probably too much effort for the amount of resources that you'd actually get back. Mm. So yeah, that's weird. Get some weird bits of armor. And the other thing that's weird about the armor that you get is that it's built into the Steam, the actual Steam item inventory system. Yeah. So they come out in your Steam inventory and you can sell them on the market if you want. <laughs> Which is, I also found weird because it was like, I mean, I guess it's not actually weird, but it seems weird to be in space engineers where it's like, it's literally stuff that is generated from nothing that you can sell for money. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that happens. The, um, I mean, I guess that's the item marketplace in both Counter-Strike and... Yeah, I mean, it's not that weird, but it does just seem weird for this game specifically. Yeah. Especially because, you know, it's weirdly... Also... TF2 is a good one, I suppose, for that. Also, it's like kind of a... I mean, I guess you could argue that, like, you're not necessarily... Unlike TF2 or whatever, which is just time-based... I guess in space engineers, technically you do have to do some work, but mm. equally, it's not it's not in a multiplayer online environment. It's in, even in single player. I'm getting this stuff. <laughs> it's not it's not necessarily gated behind actually playing the game. Like I literally could just stand there for twenty minutes and wait for the next thing to spawn and then go get it. Which mm. <laughs> is guess it's technically similar to Team Fortress, but Team Fortress they got rid of idling to some extent. To some extent, yeah. it is technically still on a timer, but you do kind of have to play the game as well. I think those systems only real work because you know you can't make an indefinite amount of money out of them yourself because no, you know you're obviously. obviously the marketplace gets flooded with them eventually. Yeah, 
and some people might be able to sell some stuff, maybe, if you're lucky, but then the price just bottoms out, and it's like, uh, I'm going to buy this for 10p. But it also just seems weird in Space Engineers because it's a completely like opaque system. It's like you don't know how rare any of this stuff is. You don't know how often you're oh, going sure. to get it or what the probability is. Or <laughs> it's not like opening a crate in T Fortress where there's a very specific list of things and like <laughs> yeah, the rarity is defined. And CS does that as well. And like there's um yeah, the other game I noticed this in re- a similar system in recently was uh, Redout it has a um, unlockable decal and color scheme system that works in steam marketplace as well mm. um so the, the pink color scheme that i have is apparently my rare one <laughs> and is worth more money than the others although they do go up front and say this is a rare color but yeah it was just a i didn't expect that from that game it was like it is as an addition anyway the whole like you can change colors and uh decals that was something they added to it um, after launch anyway i think they definitely expanded it, and then they made it steamable later on. I think when they did the, I think they called it the extended edition, which everyone got anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, naturally. Go faster edition, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, apart from that, I just played. So I played that bunch of space engineers and, and went through the pro. And it's so it, like I don't really remember that well from the last time I played, but it's like it definitely feels like generally more stable in some of the moving parts, like the pistons and whatnot. Mm. They just seem to work a bit better and a bit more a bit easier. And then apparently they also like one of the more recent patches also made it so wheels kind of have a default setting so they don't so you don't have to like know in the exact specific values you need for like suspension strength and all that stuff, it kind of like here's the default. All we right. gave them default values that make them mostly work, right? <laughs> without if, having to fuck with it. And if you want to make something weird, you can. Yeah. So I made a, a like drilling rig where like it's on wheels, and then you just build a rail under it, and it, it can trundle backwards and forwards and mine away the ground, mm. <laughs> pistons to lower the arms and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's it's functional. It doesn't randomly explode that often. I mean, sometimes <laughs> it does. <laughs> I suppose that's part. In a weird way, the maintenance of your machines should should be part of it. Yeah, it's not that it. kind of maintenance. It's the kind of maintenance where stuff randomly explodes into parts for no reason. <laughs> like I was using, I, I built this whole mining rig thing where it can move along the rails. But then I was like, well, I need to move it to a higher rail. So I was like, well, obviously I could just back it up, use a like a merge block to join it onto a piston and then just lift the piston up and then like build a new rail under it and then like, it can be on a higher level. I was like, yeah, that'll work. So I did that and it worked totally fine. Hmm. And then I was like, okay, I need to move it up again to an even higher rail. So let me just build another piston, build another merge block, do the same thing. But then when I tried to do the same thing again, the second time, it just wouldn't work. Like every time it drove up to the merge block and it did the merge where it like reconfigures because it's you're basically merging two separate entities back into one station or whatever. Right. It's becoming part of the base station. Mm. Where every time it did that, it would just like glitch out and exploded into pieces. I was like, well, this sucks. <laughs> Why didn't it work the first time? Was it just a fluke that it actually worked the first time? <laughs> but then I found a way around that by using a by using a docking port rather than a merge block where it stays as a, as a separate entity, but it's it still works with the physics of the piston. Right, right, I see. It doesn't try and merge it back into one piece. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, this works. 
but I have to do it slightly differently. Like you have to position it slightly differently to be able to build the rail correctly under it. Mm. So I found a way around that problem, but it's still very annoying when that kind of thing happens in space engineers. And it has, still has problems where like randomly things will be different when you load the game. Oh, weird. Or not really different, just like and it's not even broken exactly, but it's like sounds it so sort of kind of wrong in some way. Like sometimes when when you load the game, well, in my safe file anyway, sometimes you load the game and the whole like conveyor system is offline for no apparent reason. But if you just like grind it down and rebuild it in exactly the same place, it turns back on. Or you can just reload the same, and sometimes that fixes it. <laughs> it's like I'm not mm. sure why that's happening. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. But yeah, you just it's like you can't just reload. And it, the actual problem that I have, which is a well-known problem, and I probably probably shouldn't have t- turned this on at all, but like the trees on the planet, it doesn't really remember whether you've destroyed them or not. So if you happen to cut down a tree and then build your base on top of it, and then you reload <laughs> the trees there again, and then the, try and cut down the tree again, and then once you try and cut it down, it becomes a physics object, and it's wedged halfway through your base, and then it kind of explodes. <laughs> Trees explode. Well, your base explodes. Right. Like the metal parts that it's wedged through get damaged. <laughs> yeah, it just freaks out. It's just like... That's kind of bad. There's several threads where it's just like, why are the trees are these How can we get rid of these damn trees? And just, it's just, that just sounds like they just haven't... They yeah, just, just they, not, they forgot to add it to the scene. Yeah, they just haven't made that happen yet. Mm. But it's doubly weird because sometimes you can get them to... like. I've managed to get the the couple of trees that I specifically have sticking through my base. I've managed to get it saved so that they've despawned and they don't come back. But then randomly, sometimes they will come back. And then it's like, then sometimes when you save, they won't remember that they've despawned. It's just like, what am I doing differently oh, right. that's causing it to remember that they've despawned? Wait, so they they were in a world, you played with it when they had recreated. And then the next time you loaded, the recreated ones had gone? No, it's like I cut them down again, oh, right. and sometimes that takes it. Like sometimes it remembers that you cut them down, and it it saves that correctly. But sometimes it doesn't. I think mm. it was when the game patched, like the actual version of oh, the game right. updated, and it like respawned the trees, mm. and I had to fuck around with them for ages to get them to go away again. Because <laughs> people are like, "Yeah, you just dig out the terrain under them," but that doesn't actually work because they were just floating midair. <laughs> Because it's obviously just a, like a location-based system, which is weird. Because I would have imagined that it was location-based on like the actual voxel grid. Because otherwise, how would it know whether there was ground under them anyway once you cut them down and stuff? Yes. Just like, or, or how would it have spawned them on the surface without knowing where the surface was? Is essentially what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. Like. Unless it's their positions must be generated once, like when you first form the planet, and then yeah. it saves that exact location. So even if you remove the terrain when they respawn, they'll still be at that exact location. It's not based on the actual voxel surface. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> like it's based on the original seed yeah. or something. It's kind of kind of awkward. And wolves, wolves constantly in my mining pit, which is kind of funny now because there's just there's just a big hole and all the wolves fall in it. <laughs> <laughs> Which hopefully prevents any wolves falling, except for. So there's a lot of exploding going on in this game. Can you drop explosives on on space wolves? Well, yeah, you could. I mean, if I had enough stuff to make explosives, you could build a space wolf hole, and you can just sort of. Or I could just build a gun turret and just shoot them. <laughs> but it's kind of pointless now because now the wolves don't attack your base any longer. 
that was the problem I had the first time I was playing on a planet where it's like you actually, and in some ways it was sort of a nice challenge to actually have to think about you have your base elevator coming up from the ground. It's like, well, I'm going to have to put gun taps around it because otherwise the walls come up and bite it. <laughs> and that was kind of cool because I didn't, hadn't really used gun turrets ever before that because I used to play in before you, there was planets and you were just in space and there was not really any threats unless you went looking for them. Or, well, when they introduced pirates. Those, and then the one time when I had a pirate attack me, it was really annoying because I hadn't got a gun turret online by that point. So there's just a pirate sitting outside my base shooting at me constantly, mm. even though my base was inside an asteroid. <laughs> and, you know, pathfinding and all that. <laughs> so, you know, there's still things that need to be fixed at some point. If it ever comes out of beta, who knows when that's going to happen. Mm. So it's still tagged as early access. Yeah. This game that's been out on console for like several years. Because <laughs> they released a console version of it. Yeah, but did it come out on PlayStation is the other thing? Because like Xbox supports early access, right? So it's... I don't remember. This was like before that was even a concept, though. Oh, like, you reckon? I'm pretty sure. Before the preview program. Yeah, or whatever before they the preview it. program was real. Mm-hmm. It's a weird situation. Space Engineers is going to continue is now basically going to be the continuous winner of a game that hasn't come out yet in our game of the year. I guess. Yeah, it's like the only one left at this yeah, point. Yeah, all the others <laughs> came out. Unless I want to unless I end up playing Dwarf Fortress this year. Yeah, sure. Then that can win forever. <laughs> I've been definitely been thinking about playing Dwarf It seems like maybe within the end of this year an actual patch will come out. That fixes the bugs you care about? No, but it will fix some <laughs> some stuff. And it actually introduced new things. He's been talking about now your your fortress military won't just be for defence. Like You'll actually be able to send your military forces out of your map to go and do missions in the world, hmm. like rescuing kidnapped people and then stealing artefacts. Although apparently in the devlog, it was another case of the classic Core Fortress devlog stories of weird, weird like mistakes that happened because you hadn't quite thought of everything in the code. Whereas like he sent out a dwarf to go and retrieve a human artifact that had been stolen by a dragon. Because he was like, oh, if I can get this human artifact back from this dragon, I can barter it with the actual humans for like favors or whatever because mm. they all want it back. So he sent out a dwarf to go and retrieve the artifact from the dragon and. The dwarf got to the dragon's lair and was like, well, the artifact's not here, so I better go to like nearby towns and ask around the pubs to find out where the artifact is. Turns out the humans had already retrieved the artifact and put it back in the temple, but the dwarf, of course, has orders to go get that artifact. <laughs> so he just uh, breaks into the temple and steals it. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, now we're at war with the humans. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Like you need to be marginally more specific in your orders. It's yeah. not just go get the artifact. Go get the artifact. Like, so go we get can the give it to the humans, providing it's not in the possession of the people who already have made the habit. Mm. That's pretty great. It's a very dwarf fortress bug. Dwarves following orders one hundred percent to the letter. Mm. <laughs> the classic problem. Good job, dwarf. So yeah, maybe I'll play more dwarf fortress this year. Maybe. <laughs> maybe comes out. Apart from that, uh, I don't think I've really been playing much else. I still haven't played the Rocket League final. It's, I was going to ask. We're up to like 80, 80% certainty that it's going to happen on the 17th. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it still hasn't been officially scheduled, but the discussion has ended with it's going to happen on the 17th. So eventually it might... Very, very lightly pencil that date in. Yes. 
So that'll be before the next, well, on the next podcast? Wait, no. No. It's like next. Precisely in between. Yeah, yeah. the week between the two podcasts, so we'll be good. I won't have to be inconvenienced by that. Good. <laughs> Our podcast won't have to be inconvenienced by that. Good. Then we can play that. Play Rocket League again. I hadn't used the van for a while because I've been playing on my on my solo car. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, I need to go back to the van because the van's what I'm going to use in, in the actual match. And I went back to the van. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm still fighting with the van. It's still not different enough for it to matter. <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird night last night when I was playing because I think I kept seeing the same people. I was only playing in casual, so like people were quitting and... <laughs> bots were coming in and out all the time. Yeah, that nightmare. But I kept ending up on the same team as like <laughs> the same people quite a lot. And there was there was definitely like a pair that I saw a couple of times and a few random people I saw several times. But there was like a point in the night where like two or three of I joined back into the server with this pair that I'd seen a couple of times and another random guy. And they like they'd switched to vans as well. And I was like I think I might be influencing people. <laughs> no. Like I've had a really good couple of games, and it's like I think they, I think they know. Chase of the van, it's the secret tactic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, secret it's all about the van. <laughs> Even that though, just doing it. Oh, it's that van man. Yeah, like... that van guy again. I'm going to be a van and show show him what yeah. the van's about. But they didn't because I'm better. <laughs> or at least better with the van. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm well versed in the van. I don't <laughs> yeah. just casually change the van at any time. Yeah, you're fully van versed. <laughs> <laughs> you're the like it's the different. vanguard. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's more or less it, I guess. I can't think of anything. I'm sure there's been several other things I've played like for a really short period of time. Comparatively, it's okay. Not like space engineers. That was the main thing. The last couple of weeks, I guess. Spice Anthony. <laughs> okay, Rob, what have you been playing? Uh, again, likewise, not a great deal these last two weeks, simply because I've been crazy busy with work, so I've not yeah. had a lot of gameplay time at well, my disposal. We've only got ten um, minutes left until we run over, so <laughs> yeah, that's that's helpful. Well, so I might as well only, <clears throat> as I sort of alluded to at the start of the podcast, I played a tiny bit of Hydro Thunder Hurricane. <laughs> Because that's on Games of Gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's okay. But not as good. Not It doesn't doesn't quite... Yeah, it's not quite what the original was, but it's uh, uh, it's totally okay. It's fun-ish. It's as mad as the original was in some ways. Like, you know, the random sounds and people shouting and mm-hmm. occasional chatter over the radio of some guy going, That was insane! Mm. Or... There seems to be quite a lot of those, actually. There's quite a lot of random bits of radio chatter of like, that was crazy! That was insane! That well, that's, that's what the whole game is about. Yeah, there's quite a lot of random bits like that. And it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. Surprisingly okay. What? What? And, um, but I guess the bulk of my gameplay time has been spent on Nier, um, still. Um, and how goes the adventures of robots in Robotland? Robots in Robotland, yeah. Androids in Machine Town. <laughs> it's so. I've. Um, I might struggle to describe this adequately without going into spoiler territory, like quite badly. So, warning up front, I suppose. 
Um, mm. we'll, we'll see how I okay. do. I'll, I'll try and stay away from spoilers, but if we get to that point, then I'll hunt in. Um, so I'm, uh, I finished playthrough one, as I may have mentioned before, um, and I'm now right at the end of playthrough two. Mm. Um, and uh, it's so it's been different. It has actually been different, but not different enough in the end. Like it started quite different um, because the characters to be and you're playing as nine S in the second playthrough, right. who's a who's less combat focused and is a bit more hacky, as is his character trait. Um, sure. And uh, so you, you get introduced to the hacking mini game, and you're supposed to be doing that a lot more during the thing. And it does have. You, know, you can instead of beating a enemy up with a sword, your main thing is you. You're instead of a heavy attack, you can hack with the heavy button, and uh, and uh, you you go into there. You play a little little twin stick shooter mini game, and if you survive, you do major damage to the thing you're hacking, and you know eventually you can unlock um, extra abilities to go along with that. Like oh, when it explodes, it's going to cause a bit more of a, uh, an, a an area of effect, uh, so enemies around it get damaged or. If it doesn't die, then it might be on fire for a bit. So it takes a bit more damage and stuff like that. So, you know, the hacking actually has a bit of a, a combat, uh, an upgradable combat trait to it as well. Right. Um, you can, if you sneak, if you're, an enemy doesn't know you're there, you can take control of it through the hacking as well, which is kind of funny at times because then you can create robot on robot action if you want. Um, yeah, so they've mixed up that stuff. And uh, yeah, because some of the sequences in the game, like the characters split up and stuff, some of the major fights happen differently. So the the, the opening of the game, of the playthrough two, for instance, is way more shooter. Mm-hmm. They do more of the shmup style gameplay um, during that sequence. So you're flying around, shooting at stuff, having conversations with 2B while she was running around on the floor. Combat stuff. And uh, the, the, they, they do a few things with that. My my major problems with playthrough two is they don't haven't done enough of that, right? Like so, which is fair enough, because like the majority of playthrough one, nine S and nine and two B are together. Um, so then you do playthrough two, and you're kind of doing most the vast majority of it again, which is a bit of a shame. Mm. Um, so you know, it's it's like it's. I guess it is like a playthrough too, in a way, but like you know, like a new game. But it is a little bit like a new game plus. You keep the the same player level that you had before. You keep all your chips. You keep all your upgrades. You keep all the weapons that you found. Um, uh, some of the side quests remain completed from the first playthrough. So you don't have to do them again. But there are new ones. So there are new side quests. Like some of the some stuff wasn't available before, uh, and that opens up some new narr- new mini narratives. Right and. Uh, some of them are pretty bleak. I'm just going to put it out there. Some of them are a bit, what, <laughs> okay. what, what, what's going what? And then the music often, like when you finish them, sort of turns to something quite bleak and sinister when you finish the quest. It's like, yeah, yeah mate, feel that. <laughs> and it's like, that stuff's kind of interesting, but like ultimately they all boil down to go to this place, see this thing, come back and do this thing, regardless of what the narrative is mm. or how how cool the narrative is, what you're actually doing is quite rote. And it's, uh, uh, so some of that stuff is a bit of a letdown. I'll, I'll, I'm just going to straight up say it. Like, it's like, I kind of wish there was less replaying here, less, less of that tedium. Um, however, the game is dropping narrative breadcrumbs in a way that keeps you interested 
There are things that are different this time that are raising an awful lot of questions as to where this is going story-wise. So 9S seems to occasionally have interruptions where he sees like these old like a scene play out um, that you didn't you wouldn't have seen before as two B. Oh. It will cut away, and you'll see this weird like extra sequence. Okay. Um, and they're cryptic to say the least. They seem to be about what you're doing, but sometimes they seem to be about what you're about to do. And because it's like, you well, know wait, what you're about to do. Well, yeah. I know as a player. Yeah. But 9S wouldn't do in the sequence of things. And no. there's a point in the story where that starts to, where that kind of starts feeding back. And you're like, wait, what? What is going on? And, and why is 9S able to see these things? How does he see? I know he's a scanner unit. So, you know, some, maybe some of it is coming from the hacking stuff he's doing. But like, uh, the, yeah, he's, he's seeing things that you didn't see the first time. Some boss fights, you'll get like flashbacks in the middle of them to be like, Wait, what? Oh, right. I'm seeing them a, a memory from the robot we're fighting in the middle of a fight and oh, it'll reveal okay. some stuff. And you're like, okay, this is starting to prove a little bit interesting. A bit different, yeah. But the problem is, is that those are quite spaced out because they only happen at the key moments of the story. Oh, okay. And then there's extra stuff thrown in. So you're still having to do all the padding in between. You're still having to do all the legwork. And then you'll get to something and then you'll see one of these extra bits and you're like, and you're like but the, these breadcrumbs, they keep dropping and they're just like, this is what's keeping me going. So it's working. It's doing its job. <laughs> it's like, I'm sort of sat there going, oh, okay, well, what is that? And there was a, there's been a major revelation in the storyline that, let's be honest, we saw a mile away. Um, it's it's one, of the, it's one of the things yeah. I think we may have hinted at in the last episode. That was totally a thing. It's totally a thing. Um, and, but, but that's not, that isn't the hook. Cause I kind of knew that was coming. There are other things going on that I'm looking at going, but what is that? What is that? The, the weirdest thing that it's doing is that there are things in the cut in some cut scenes mm. that weren't there in the previous in version the of the cut scheme. Yeah. And, some of them subtly, some of them not so subtle, but you, you look at them and you go, wait, what? Hang on a minute. Why is that there? What's, go- what's going on? It's just basically making me go, what's going on? And I'm, I'm like, I'm fascinated. I, I want to know what it's doing. It's, it's playing tricks with me for sure. So in that, on that level, it's real interesting. At the moment. I mean, that's, cool i mean that it's changing it you know enough to make you intrigued or whatever oh yeah yeah as i say i it it, i'm fascinated about where it's going i just wish it hadn't take me taken me this long to get to this right yeah like to to get to these these nuggets it does seem like a problem where the like where these first two playthroughs are so similar even though it seems like maybe that's not going to be the case going forward or i mean obviously at a certain point the gameplay's going to be the same but (laughs) maybe the actual rest of the playthroughs aren't going to be as no so this is my stuff. so this is my assumption i'm i believe the next playthrough i'm going to do is going to be based on a character called a2 judging from reviews i've watched of the game and stuff like that i know that the, that there's a third playable character um however a2 has only turned up in the storyline incredibly briefly 
Mm. And uh, you see her once, and there's some side quests you do around her, but you never interact with her outside this one occasion. So I'm assuming this third playthrough is going to be focused on A2, which means it must be dramatically different from what I've Mm. done before or at least to have a completely different narrative. It's probably going to be in the same world. It's probably going to be in the same environment, yada, yada, yada. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm probably going in the same places, but narratively it has to be totally different. But the question is like, if, if you're in the same world, and, like, I mean, presumably it's not going to cover the whole of the same space <laughs> because that would be weird. Unless it is going full weird. It's just like you literally playing the same areas in the same order, but you're like, how am I here now? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I really don't know. Um, uh, in fairness, it was her that dropped the original heat of what the original hint of what is thus far been the major revelation of the plot. I suppose, mm. but you know, um, so it's uh, yeah, and and you know, we I now know a little bit more about her past, like where she came from. She's apparently a quite a well respected commander of our of the unit at some point before she became a deserter. Uh, stuff like that. So it's like, what's the what was what was the trigger? What caused it to go mental, uh, or a deserter of some kind, but yet still revered, I suppose, by the population. It's like, yeah, and she looks a bit ragged. Let's put it that way. Like, she, you know, right? She hasn't got much of an outfit anymore. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> Standard fan service. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There are some. There are some. There's some moments where the the costume design you sort of look at and go, okay. okay. Really, <laughs> in that way, yeah. yeah. Just certain things you can wait and see if they tie that into the story. Yeah, <laughs> well, there are times where it's not a hundred percent. It's not super upfront, but there are some unfortunate camera angles, shall we say? Like, I don't think the game is trying to be particularly voyeuristic or, or what's the word? I don't even know, perverted. But there are there are just times where it's like, yeah, hang on. There's, I think there's supposed to be a bit of fabric there. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Doesn't matter. They're robots. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, they're <laughs> robots, right? Um, Classic anime excuse. Oh yeah, but there's well, there's one line of dialogue in the nine S storyline where it's just like, where, well, there's some moments in the game where they are uh, the human nature of, I suppose, reproduction and sex and all that stuff is referenced at times, and I don't know whether the androids or the machines really know what to do with it, and it's like, wait, what? Why are you talking about that? Even in any respect, is that what's good? what? What? Which is just another thing that makes you go, what? 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 Uh, yeah. Although I have a theory that the the, the 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 supposedly the fifth playthrough is the last main one. I think, from what I've heard, or at least you should get to that point. Um, and I think the fifth one is going. I think might take a very anime turn. Just because of little things I've seen. I've got a theory that there's going to be a very left field end to this. You know, a bit like how most animes suddenly have, oh, the last episode, everyone's turned into a gun. Or right, something. yeah, of course. <laughs> and it's gone mental. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be that in some way. Uh, yeah. So I think that's, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating game. And I, I, like, I, I'm getting drawn into bits of it that I, that the gameplay isn't really holding up, I guess is the way to describe it. It's like the, the gameplay itself isn't what isn't what's drawing me. It's everything else. I mean, even little other little things. It's like it's got it's it's clever with its. There are more variants to the music this time, 
as well, like or different variants. So it's the same soundtrack underneath, but it's got a variation of it. Mm. Which like you'll get a different vocal line, or there'll be a slightly different riff to it. And when you're in hacking mode, you get a chip tune version of it. Like well, so, just for the brief period of time you're playing the little the little hacking games, the whole music fades out, and you get a chip version of it, which is really cool. It's like there's a there's a lot of these neat touches running through the whole thing. And as I will keep saying, I just wish that it wasn't didn't it wasn't it would be better by being a shorter experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I will carry on. I will continue. I will muddle through. I will muddle through to unmuddle what's going on. Yep. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I didn't really get to play a lot of any more fault, so I still haven't finished that thing. <laughs> um. <laughs> my visual novel quest remains on hold <laughs> uh, uh, yeah that's, pre- that's, that's pretty much me it's me done I remember one more thing that I wanted to talk about because <laughs> there was another Splatfest in Splatoon oh yeah Didn't, yep, I haven't been playing that too much but I went back in there briefly to get some get some ranks for the sea snails of course what's the boat? Oh, it was flying versus invisibility flying yeah, for your superpower that you choose. Yeah, I'd totally fly. That's it's a classic uh, question. There's a whole um, this American life about about which one people choose out of those two. I've had dreams about flying. You know, it's like I like I just want to yeah, fulfill but that's, those. That's default though. Yeah, I know, but I, I still want to do it. It'd be cool. Like I've had like quite detailed dreams about like oh like what if I could like sometimes really stupid ones like like living. Like when I like living where like like being where we were in Needham, right? And yeah. and like just walking down the street and you know flapping my arms a bit, and it's like suddenly I'm like several hundred feet high, <laughs> and and I just that would just be my daily life. It's like I'm just gonna fly to school. And <laughs> you wouldn't need to go several hundred feet to get that. No, I know, but you just like, did. Like, like twenty it was, feet. It was like <laughs> Your house was literally next to the school, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, but but like physics were sort of broken in my dreams in the sense well, that, yeah, it that, that, that it wouldn't take a lot. Like one flap would make you go woo, like a long long way. I think that's a very default dream for people. Oh yeah, the, the flying one. Yeah, of course. For some reason, it's like how does that even happen? You, I guess, well, you have to get cobolds or whatever it was. That's, that's, I mean, do you think, like... <laughs> what was the disease called from Look Around You? Like, when oh. you turned into a rock and it's like, well, at least we could fly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, yeah I, was, like, I was trying to think of, like, what is the context that your brain is u- using to create <laughs> that dream around? And it was like, would people have had that kind of dream before like the age where you traveled more than 30 miles an hour like is your brain using the sensation of wind blowing past you to interpret flight as a thing that it can sense compared to your body Mm. just because you've traveled fast enough for that to be a feeling that you know (laughs) weird shower thoughts yeah exactly I think I think this is the wrong section of the podcast for the shower yes. thoughts. That was back in the random section. <laughs> anyway, Splatoon, as we were talking about. I went back in there to play it, and it turns out that I was like, uh, oh, well, I couldn't have known that I was wrong, but <laughs> apparently I was wrong when we first talked about the Splatfest and the mysterious third map that was in the first Splatfest. Mm. Because it turns out that that, like, because I, I said that, I, it was weird that they used that map in the Splatfest, but then it wasn't the map that they then introduced into the base game. Like, it was a completely different map. Hmm. 
Because it turns out that it seems what they're doing is the Splatfest map is always going to be that map aesthetically, but then the layout is going to change. So, like, it was the same. It was called the same and it looked the same, but the actual map layout was different this time. Uh. So it seems like that might just be their weird, like, experimental map almost. Yeah, maybe. That's a cool, cool idea, though. It's sort of cool, except for then, like... If there's a good one, you want it, right? Yeah, it's like, if you want that layout, then you don't get that layout. Although, on the other hand, I still technically haven't played the new map they introduced, so maybe that is that map, and I just haven't seen it to be able to know. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> right. But it doesn't look like it from the preview image. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't look like it's the same shape. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. And also, I played the new Salmon Run map in the end. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. It's another quite difficult layout, I think. Mm. I think all those salmon run. I still think the one on the like crashed ship that's just a slope is by far way easier than the other two. (laughs) Mm. It's just because of the way it creates choke points. The other two are much too like a bit too open. Yeah, it comes from all angles, Mm. and the new one is awkward because it's a it has like a building around the center, so there's walls. Which then makes it even more difficult to see with the enemies coming up on you before they're like right on top of you. Right. So it can become quite difficult where like if you get pushed back into that building too much, you don't know that there's more fucking boss enemies right coming up, rolling right into you, and then one when they're in there, because they are so close and there's so many of them, it's virtually impossible to actually fight at that point. <laughs> and that's where you have to drop off the eggs, so <laughs> you can't even score becomes very difficult very quickly if you let it be on top of you. Splatoon 2 remains the one thing that is keeps me thinking about buying a Switch. You don't want to finish Zelda then? <laughs> well, you'd have to play I'd it on my play, Switch. I'd have to play on Zach's Switch, which is a bit of a problem, because there's oh, still yeah. no save transfer. Oh, that's annoying. Oh, well, never mind. I, I keep looking out for that. I, like, I will occasionally search for it, and it's like, yep, yeah, no, no, so I haven't put it in. Annoying. You still might be able to borrow my Switch at some point. Oh, maybe, yeah. But then, but then I quite like the idea of like if we both had a switch, then I could play Splatoon. Oh yes, Ellie, that... play, then we'll just we'll do we'll do side by side Splatoon. That sounds awesome. <laughs> we could actually play the game for real. Yeah. I mean, make, maybe make a team. probably not actually side by side. <laughs> probably online. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. No. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> apparently side by side doesn't necessarily work that well. From me. And oh right. Yeah. Where we, where we tried ad hoc <laughs> local play. Yeah. No, I still yeah. want to find out what the mystery thing that you unlock apparently is. Yeah, what was that? But I'm not going to get a chance to do that unless Rob gets the switch or Dan comes to Rob's house again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably Go come back. Of, some point. I'm the unofficial house of Splatoon. <laughs> Where no Splatoon happens unless you get to it. Splatoon 1. I guess. Oh, sure. You were the, you were the original official I'm the original house, house of Splatoon. <laughs> Established 2015. <laughs> yes, exactly. Put the sign up. So yeah, it's, it's still continuing to happen. Splatoon. I didn't. I didn't get on the winning team again with Splatfest. Ah, but you know, it's not like I used any of the sea sales from the last round. So. Wait, so Invisible Run won, or were you Team Invisible? No, I was on Invisible. Uh-huh. but they lost again. Stalker you. I feel like it's the same situation that happened with the previous round, where. 
the, po the popularity contest was obviously going to go one way, but then all the people who are obsessed with getting the snails tactically voted the other way. <laughs> right. And so the fights weren't even. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm. You mean there's too much Splatfest meta going yeah, on already? Far too much. But you know, trust I'm, us. We'll gonna... have a good time because of the the the. According to Nintendo, just just trust their rotations and their. Timing. I'm not going to give up voting the way that I vote, and that you know, I'm not going to think about the meta. No, <laughs> maybe because I like. I you absolutely, you absolutely shouldn't. Not shouldn't. worried about the, the snails. It's not like yeah. I'm ever going to use them. I don't think. I, I didn't really use mine until like you never the first get, one. You never get. It takes a long time to get to the point where you actually care that much about armor slots. <laughs> yeah. So it's like just as long as they've got something in them. That's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't, I, I, I used way fewer than I have. Yeah. In Splatoon one, um, I think I used a couple. Maybe just because I had what I thought was a bad roll on a bit of gear I quite liked. Yeah. And so, so I, that was the only way to re-roll. Yeah. Um. Before they, you could just wash them or whatever yeah. chunks. The only reason that I'd use them, I think, would be to actually upgrade slots to make a nice-looking piece of equipment actually have free slots. Actually, no, that was a lie. There was an alternative to doing all that in Splatoon One. As if the item came back in store, you could buy more balls. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's Splatoon 2, I guess. Splatoon 2. That's Splatoon. It. Splatoon 2. Indeed. I played some Splatoon 2, but mostly I'm Great. still trying to finish Zelda. Um, I did a bunch of desert shrineage, which was good. Shrinage. Yeah, some cool stuff. But I still need to do that, even Tide Island Quest. I think that's the next on the docket. Just make sure... That, yeah, get it done. You'll be fine now. Just make yeah. sure that once you get to, down to, like three or four shrines to go just look up a map because it's not worth the time trying to figure out Try to find them. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> as, as we previously discussed, Shrine Sensor is not actually very helpful at all. No, it's no. not actually that useful. It's incredibly short range. You virtually always are directly on top of them by the time you even have that. Yeah. I find it's still useful. Point. There were was, there was still some ones that I couldn't... I was one in the ice or something that's sort of half in a mountain that sure. took me ages yeah, to yeah. find. But, I think yeah. a couple of those are meant. There's quests that are meant to tell you where they are, right? Yeah, I think there yeah. was some clues, uh, or there was a specific angle whereby it was super obvious. Well, there's there's and the there one is... where it's like the white bird, where you have to go to that. Oh yeah, Rito in the village tells you the tale of the white bird, and it's like if you and go and climb up that one specific tree and look down, it makes the shape of a white bird, and then you can see the shrine inside the inside cliff. it because it's glowing. Yeah, inside the. Cliff, I. Yeah did not come across that well, maybe, maybe that's why you found it difficult to find yeah maybe and then of course there's the one actually inside the mountain with the leviathan skeleton where you have to break the down the door to get in there and there's a quest for that one yeah um yeah break oh, was that the snowball field one of the couple of times they use that yes oh maybe i've only found one of them then mm. the leviathan one's much more difficult the, the easy find one is one where you just shove it and it just goes down those nice channels and goes directly onto the door and it's pretty much not a problem. So I found the one that was a really big field and it took me ages to find the right channel that actually would yeah. take the... I think that's the easy, easier one. That's the easy one. Because the, 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 the... It was massive and it like took me ages to get one to actually roll down the right bloody way. Well, uh, I... 
the channels are fairly well defined and you just have to get it in the right one. Okay. Whereas for the other one, it's like it's almost a puzzle. You like have to block off routes using ice and then like yeah. knock over stuff to make it yeah. make sure oh, the okay. snowball actually gets there. Yeah, no, I didn't find that one then. Yeah, you had to use the whatever. The cryonist stuff. It was much more difficult. Yeah. And even when I even mm. when I thought I got that, sometimes it just wouldn't work. <laughs> like the snowball yeah. would just explode on the door and I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> Yeah, that one's a little you bit didn't pick up buggy. enough snow. <laughs> well, apparently, yeah. you have to roll it around at the start to make it a little bit bigger to make sure it gets big enough by the time it gets to the bottom. Yeah, no, I didn't stumble on that one then. But that's part of the quest. As so, so. Is that what? Oh, well, no, I guess I haven't been informed about that quest either. Yeah, I finished the whole Tarrytown quest line, so that was good. That would have been cooler if if Tarrytown was actually more useful in any way. <laughs> well, it's nice town. It's just not anywhere useful. Oh, it does oh, have it, stuff. Like it's got it was, a shrine it or whatever. Shops, not and... a shrine. What's it called? Uh, uh, yeah, the statue. one, the statue. It's got a statue. Yeah. Prayer statue for prayer statue. That's you quite good. To do that. Yeah, but it has shops, but they all suck. And it's like, oh, that, that, there was a nice, there was a cool opportunity to have a thing where you like unlocked the best cool shops. Things, yeah, but you don't. You unlock shit shops. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think I know where Terry Terrell is. No, maybe not. You That's okay. There's a quest line for it. Got some of that quest, maybe, but not actually got to the part where you build the town. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Oh! No, I'm thinking so now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Rob so. was thinking about something for a minute. I've got to go. No, and, I know where the obviously the desert leviathan is, but I need to go down there. But the, the quest thing says you need special equipment, and I'm like, what do I need? Uh, to I get? Mean, technically, you do. <laughs> what do I need for the heat down there? I don't know. I've already got my normal desert outfit, and, well, yeah, and, that's, and that's, like, that's the special equipment you need, I guess. The heat oh. resistant. But that's you need that there's, to get into the desert, into the Gerudo town anyway. Uh, well, yeah, you, you can get some that, other heat resistant kit, can't you? Eventually, I mean, that mm. you could have got that quest before you would have been to the desert because it's in the ice area that that quest starts. So. Oh, I guess that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so it's just like normal desert stuff. Well, the thing is that you need to take chili or whatever elixirs, or you need to take. You need effects as well as that in the hottest parts of the desert, stacked up onto your uh, clothing. Don't, 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 if you just have a triple kit, yeah, I don't fine. think you do. If you have the full set, no, I did. Yeah. I had the full set on um, uh, in the part of the desert that was the hottest, no, I, and I needed. I to never had extra. I never had to use buffs apart from the armor set anywhere. That was the only desert. place in the game where I've had where I had to use a buff. I think that I found because um, I've never I've, at the start. Well, yeah. I mean, before you have the armor sets. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. You know, to get into the the, the first ice. Because the, the full triple armor set is as powerful as a triple level buffed food. So, like, you can't actually mm. get higher than that. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm. Do you know what I mean? I'm just wearing the like desert bow clothing or whatever, which has clearly has an effect when you have the yeah. full set on. Um, yeah. But I needed more than that, um, according to Weird. my temperature gauge. Yeah. Anyway, that if was out. Wearing the, if you're wearing the sand boots, that no, no, I know, I know. The, yeah, I know that part. <laughs> yeah, I was aware of that. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, you can equip I'd... a um, ice blade. See if that helps. <laughs> oh, that's a good yeah, point. I've, I've, used, I've used that trick in a few. I used places. the fire blades in places. Yeah, to melt ice yeah. and things. That's quite good. 
Um, I did the desert, uh, whatever maze. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all right. Yeah. I guess I need to do. No, I guess I've done all of those now. Are there three? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I've done those. Okay. So just a few more. Get to that go. answer. Get that sweet answer. Yeah, I've got that. I've got that now. I think I've got all parts of that now. Yeah, well, I guess that's how. Yeah, is that the best? Well, it's just because it gives you bonus to damage output, so you don't Mm. expire your weapons as quickly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Good point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But then I'm almost always full armor. Me, like just you don't need it. Just full defense. You don't need that bonus for actually having armor. Armor. Yeah, I mean, the the my, the best buff that is attack anyway. So just yeah. eat lots of bananas, basically. Cook those bananas. Cook those bananas. banana foods. Yeah, mighty mighty bananas. Yeah, that uh, though that is kind of annoying how those um guys keep spawning the archers. Yep. Uh, especially they they spawn at awkward times sometimes, or when you're well, fighting something yeah, they else. Just spawn whenever, wherever, yeah, yeah. They're like, come on, yeah, yeah, they're kind of annoying. But you can basically, as they spawn, you can basically just run up to them and then hit them, yeah, and stab them before they do anything. So that's quite funny. Doesn't work quite as well when it's one of the big dudes. I haven't had the big dude spawn yet. I've only had yeah, the archers. They're much, they're much rarer. All right, okay, cool. Well, that's, that's right, me, not. pretty much. Yeah. Maybe the big dudes only spawn if you're somewhere more appropriate because the archers don't have to move. Whereas no. the big dudes sort of do have to because they melee. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I haven't come across the big dudes. Yeah, so I'm going to do the the island quest and then look up a map and find the rest of the shrines. Probably now nowadays it would be much easier to find a useful map because when I was trying to look it up, it was still quite early on, and I was like, no one's actually made a decent map for this. Mm, right, it's like some half decent maps, but it's not specific enough. Yeah, mm. it must exist now. Even if it's just like there's one here, you don't need to know anything around it. Just no. like it, this is its physical location. Yeah, and then and also like it would be helpful to have the names in the list as well. Oh, sure. Because then you can eliminate ones that you already know mm. without having to look at the keep looking at your map and being like, is that this one here or is that that one there? Mm. Mm. Yeah, that, that stuff must exist now. Yeah, almost certainly. Cool. Well, I think that's uh, going to do it for the Sourcast, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon so. Yeah. Um, uh, any new videos on our YouTube channel, guys? Uh, Dead Core went up Dead Core. pretty recently. Yeah, um, check that out. For some speedrunning delights. Well, not because we're playing it. We went in blind. We don't we don't know what we're doing. Not that speedrunning. Um, Sometimes speedrunning. No. It's got cubes. The go around strats. <laughs> it's, yes, the go around strats. <laughs> it's uh got a lot of cubes. Enjoy the cubes. Yep. The cube. Cool. Uh, well, check out that. Yeah. That's it. And uh uh We'll catch you in a couple of weeks for another Cellarcast. Bye.